Cheers, y'all. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program. It is the world-famous Smoking and Toasting as we begin uh, with episode number 170. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, and BB Lemon on Washington Ave and the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak Boulevard in Houston. All those, of course, owned by the same company now, and so they are like, they are rocking it. So I mentioned the world... Famous smoking and toasting. The world famous. Yeah, world famous smoking and toasting. And this is something we're 170 episodes in now on the show, minus the one missing episode. But we still did it, even if someone decided that it wasn't fit for public consumption. Um, so uh, we are we're 170 episodes in, and I have I, I'm always one. I don't want to overhype. I, I hate when you know shows or radio stations or TV networks. Overhype things. I always think it right. comes off very disingenuous. So I didn't want to use a phrase like "world famous." I, I, I thought, what would be a good a good marker so that I would know when when had we actually achieved enough that I could say it's the world, the famous, world famous smoking and toasting. And what I decided was that once my mom became aware of the show. That that would qualify to me <laughs> as world famous, and she now knows the show exists. Understand, my mom does not drink, does not smoke. I didn't do any of those things when I lived it's, at is home. Is she upset about you? She's about not. Ha- she's not happy. I'm on a show about cigars, and 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 I didn't tell her. So you know, it it took a while. For this to make it, you know, for the show to get big enough that it somehow made its way back Ma- to Made my it mom. onto her radar, So yeah. now that my mom is aware, welcome to the world famous. The world famous. Smoking and toasting. <laughs> it's show number 170. And, uh, wow, we got, we got return visitors. I love return visitors because it means two things. It means that whatever they brought, because most of our visitors bring something. Uh, yes. It, it means that whatever they brought was good enough that we wanted them to come back. Yes. Right? Yes, that is and, step one. And it also means, perhaps more importantly, they, they didn't think we were such big idiots <laughs> that they refused <laughs> to come back. So, uh, so Joe, welcome back. Joe from uh, Old Humble Distilling. Thanks for having me It back. is so good to have. Can we get a little more of his mic? Um, let's get him a little uh, closer. Yeah, get him a little closer. Um, it is so good to have you back on. We enjoyed the show you were on so much, and we I- enjoyed the whiskey so much. It was like... Wow. And it was really one of those things that opened my eyes in a big way to how good the um, the spirits that are being distilled in our area can actually be. I mean, and if, yeah. if you think about it, I mean, and, you know, people are talking a lot now about Texas whiskey and certainly there's good reason for that. But, man, right in our own backyard, there's. Whiskey of this quality—that's that's a pretty that's a pretty strong it's uh, pretty strong endorsement. Move to Houston, people. Houston is becoming a, a little bit of a 
there's like a whole renaissance going on well, with really distilling is. here in Houston. Distilling, craft, uh, craft it's brewing. It's like a little mecca it, it's, now. It's really come a, a long, long way. And a lot of times, historically, when you thought Texas, you thought of Austin because Austin always kind of, you know, is is first with the trendy things. So if yeah. if uh, craft brewing got to be trendy, which it did, uh, Austin, you know, boom, boom, boom. There's craft breweries everywhere. Uh, and then same with the distilling. But man, when you really take a look at what's happening uh, in the Houston area, I'll put it up against Austin. I mean, there's, don't get me wrong. There's some great stuff there, but I'll, I'll put what we got happening. Well, in the you Houston got guys area. like Old Humble too making this kind of quality that. <laughs> That, that that's awesome, and it puts you know. Here, here's a beautiful thing. You walk into uh, um, any liquor store in Houston, and it doesn't matter if it's Specs or if it's Total Wine or a lot of the independent ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you walk in and you go into the uh, the bourbon and whiskey aisle or section. There's almost always a separate section for of Texas. Texas. Yes, I know. Now. It's that's awesome. cool, and it's, it keeps growing. It's yeah, really awesome. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it really it's getting is. bigger so and bigger. Yeah. Every time you go in, you can find another one. In yeah. fact, I was just at Specs yesterday. Saw uh, a whiskey from a distillery that I'd never even heard of that's here in Houston. Wow, um, can't remember the name of it, but. It was, you know, it was there on the shelf. We were wondering where it came from. Well, it was in the Texas area. I think it's just awesome. Not only do you have the Texas section, but the the specs that I go to, which is the one uh, down on Smith Street, um, is much bigger than a, a lot of the specs. But in their craft beer, they have a whole aisle that's just Texas. Yeah, mm-hmm. one whole aisle. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's not one side full. of an aisle. It's, no, it's the whole right. aisle. Yeah, and right. it's crammed full. Yeah. I don't know how they're gonna. At some point, they're gonna have to either, you know. Expand the beer right. section or or make the Texas aisle more than just one aisle. They're going to have to knock so out that wall stuff. and just make so. it bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is hard to keep up with. It's growing so fast. Yeah. Uh, there are five states that are the five fastest growing states in the country as far as uh, distillation and mm-hmm. beer production goes. And it's Texas, California, Colorado, uh, New York, and it's Florida. If I'm oh, Florida. Sure. I bet it yeah. is Florida because there's a lot going on in Florida right now. I'm going to be in Florida in a week or two, so I'll be hopefully bringing back some some Florida only goodies, not that you know I can actually bring them back on the plane or anything, but you know, <laughs> that's fun. I'll, I'll I'll figure out how to get them home. Me and my wife are going to go to uh, New Orleans in a little bit in a few weeks, and uh, I figure we're going to come back with a case of Yangling because it's different. Okay, yeah, well, mm-hmm. they have Yangling in Florida too. Yeah, yeah so. they have Yangling everywhere except for Texas. It seems, by the way. seems like it. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but, that, but that's what. Do you remember when actually that was a thing for Coors? Yeah, that people who lived in Texas would actually drive to Colorado. And bring back like a trunk full of Coors. And now that you can buy it at any convenience store, then nobody cares. They made a whole movie about bringing it to Georgia. <laughs> they did. I remember that. Yes. So, you know, but, that vaguely tickles my memory, too. What yeah. was that? The Smoking of the Bandit. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> and I that forgot is, that that's, what, that's, the, actually one that's of the, what the point of that movie was. One of the questions that I ask people when you know they look like they may be marginally of age is what car the bandit drove ah. but i need to change the question because kids these days don't know anything they have no idea no, yeah. they but, but they'll look it up on their phone really quick well yeah, yeah. <laughs> well ask the google smoky and the bandit <laughs> is actually one of my favorite edited for television movies if you ever see it on like one of the like you know main network cbs or nbc or one of the one of those guys or even now some of the cable networks if they don't allow the original language because jackie gleason as the sheriff will go off on a rant talking to Burt Reynolds and he's like why you and his mouth goes 
And you hear, scumbum. <laughs> scumbum. <laughs> and in meanwhile, his mouth's still moving. It was, it's, it's, you know, it's just a really funny I, I love thing those edits where it's so obviously not even his voice. Yeah, right. right? It, it's somebody doing an impression of him and not very well. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, look, listen, it, uh, it costs money to do that. The actors don't want to come back in and do that. That's, <laughs> why would they, you know? So, hey, welcome to the show. It's show number 170. We're going to do uh, one of the reasons that uh, Joe is back is because he he contacted us and said, hey, how would you guys, guys feel about, you know, some whiskey cocktails? And Ian and I looked at each other and said, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so uh, so this is uh, this is exciting. You're going to make a couple of cocktails for us today. Are these things that you make uh, at the distillery? They're the, generally the ones we make at the distillery or okay. distillery-related parties. Okay. Now, my typical cocktail, my preferred choice is whiskey on the rocks. Yes, I like that. Nice cocktail. and simple. I like that cocktail. It's uh, uh, it's got all the right elements. I'm in reasonably it. Right. adept at making that particular yeah. cocktail. <laughs> I'm not very good at most cocktails, but when the ingredients are simple, like I can make a martini because yeah. you just got to shake it a lot. I've, sure. got, you know? I've gotten good at dirty martini and good at margarita. <laughs> Beyond that, it's a work in progress. I've tried some <laughs> things, and and some of them are you know acceptable. Mm-hmm. My my wife but, is definitely the mixologist in the family. She uh, she'll experiment with it. Yeah. And she's got that. She's got that, that 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 sense of these flavors will go together. Whereas you know oh, me, yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. here's a little Mountain Dew, here's a little rum, here's yeah. a little you know. I'm like, I'm on mayonnaise. the iPad. Liquor.com. Okay, let's see what. Oh, here's how you make an old fashioned. Okay, <laughs> good. We'll we'll try this. My brother is the mixologist in our family. Yeah, and he will experiment with all kinds of things. When I'm at the distillery, I need to keep things simple. So right. it's simple. It's right. apple juice and whiskey. It's lemonade or apple juice, whiskey, and a little bit of cinnamon, which, by the way, is fantastic. Okay. A little good. bit of uh, lemonade and a dash of peppermint with our uh, uh, straight whiskey, another fantastic one. So but, is there a name for the apple juice and cinnamon? Uh, and that whiskey? is the apple blossom. The apple blossom. Yeah, okay. we, and we do those during our tours. Uh, also, the Colonel Angus uh, cocktail with the lemonade and peppermint. No. That's the other one we do on our tours. But these two that I'm doing tonight are or this afternoon. It's not tonight. Uh, these two are, are depends when people are, are ones that be. the ones. These are ones we do at the at the house. Uh, oh, okay. And cool. uh, I have a coffee one. We do that one every now and then. But it's warm coffee, and I don't have a coffee maker. That, so. It, they're they're just slightly more complicated. Okay, well, this this will be <laughs> I fun. Think we, I think we need I'm to create an event this. where we where we invent new drinks and just try to come up with some new stuff. I, I that would be fun. That Except, is on the agenda for yeah, our tasting right? room, at the and new it's place. an event, not a party, because a party would be a little too. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I came up with a uh, with a with a drink one time that I kind of invented. I based it on another drink, but but made several substantial changes and served it, served it at a party. I called it the Montrose, and it was a big hit nice. at the party. So hmm. I just m- mentioned that because it's my actual only instance of that <laughs> happening <laughs> ever. <laughs> so I want to sound like I know what I'm, uh, know what I'm doing. So Well, uh, it's, I think, going to be a great show. Not only will we be tasting uh, some interesting whiskey cocktails made with uh, Old Humble Distilling's fine, fine juice, uh, but we'll also uh, be trying some beers out. And you were here last time, tried mm-hmm. the beers with us. And uh, so this time we'll be trying Brew GK. Brew GK. Brew GK from Eighth Wonder here in Houston. So That's you get, a brilliant name. You get the UGK <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. reference, right? I think uh, I think this one the Bun B's involved in. Uh, nice. Uh, Pimpsey uh, would have been yep, proud. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's an Apple Kolsch. 
And so we'll be trying this. This should be very interesting. Uh, and then from Matchless Brewing, we've tried uh, a number of their beers on the show before, yes. or several. Uh, we'll be doing their uh, their fruited hazy double IPA that's named Greetings from Tumwater. Tumwater, Washington Greetings is where they're from. from. So you know how uh, Bruce Springsteen did Greetings from Asbury yeah, Park? Yeah, this is kind of like Greetings from Tumwater, except the, the illustration is not that... You know that font. Oh, it's right. it's basically a, a hammock between two trees. <laughs> but, uh, I, I like it. The, you know the the feel is still there. And then from uh, Idaho, you didn't know there was great craft beer going on in Idaho, did you? I didn't know anything yeah. at all. Potatoes. Anything was yeah. going on in Idaho. Well, there's actually a city in Idaho called Garden City, which that alone surprised me because hmm. I don't think. I, I guess you I mean there's more than. Boise, like I thought, yeah. there was only one city in Idaho. I, well, Boise, uh, Tatertown, Idaho's Totville, to, yeah, Totville. Uh, <laughs> Idaho's supposed to be beautiful. That's what I've heard. I've never been. I've driven um, through it, uh, but I think mostly it's been at night, so I found Idaho to be quite uneventful. But you knew there was potatoes, even I, though it was I, I could feel the potatoes. Most people drive through it. Well, freeway. there's a brewery in Garden City, Idaho, called Crooked Fence Brewing Company, hmm. and we'll be tasting their Imperial Stout. That's named Sins of the Father. So it's an interesting name. I like it. Uh, it comes in a great-looking bomber, so we'll show that a little bit later in the show when we get close to that. And uh, so excited about uh, excited about all of our tasting. Plus, few things happening. Uh, we'll tell you about the newest craft beer company. There's a new one. You're going to want to know all about it because it's, it's, it's newsworthy. Uh, we'll tell you about the major cigar companies that have pulled out of the uh, PCA trade show. That's like what was IBCPR is now PCA and uh, four major cigar That's companies. That's big news right there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's likely to be the last year that trade show even happens hmm. will, be, uh, will be my guess. Plus, uh, don't believe the hype. Craft beer is not dying. New figures are out, and we'll share those with you. So uh, it should be a very interesting, uh, in- interesting show. I think we've got a uh, lot of a uh, lot of fun things to talk about. So and and cocktails to taste, which makes me happy. So that sounds awesome. Now you told me, Ian, before the show started, that you dug in your humidor and pulled out an old standby. I and, did and smoked it this um, time. An absolute classic. Yeah. Actually, uh, you know, I sometimes we get. The familiar cigars that we don't think that much about because they've been around forever, right? And every, you know the hype is always on what's new. Yeah, and, and everyone wants you know, you know what's new, what's awesome, all that stuff. So I, I dug in my humidor and I thought, you know what? I don't think I've reviewed this cigar, and I grabbed a uh, Oliva Serie V. Oh, nice! And that is such a great cigar. Well, it's one wanna, that I smoke. I don't want to prejudice your review, but it's one that I smoke so often. Well, I mean, we can go ahead and give that away. I mean, it's a it's an Oliva Serie. First off, Oliva, I love that brand because nothing they make is less than great. Yes, I agree. And their price point is fantastic. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like their most expensive cigar is, I think, what the Melanio. The Melanio is like what ten eleven. And it's yeah. it's a premium. It's not even mm-hmm. a super premium price point, and it's amazing. Yes. So I pulled out the uh, Oliva Servia. This was a double robusto, five by fifty four, um, and I like all the sizes. Um, but this one's actually kind of close. It's a little bit longer, but not too far from their nubs. You know. Hmm. Um. Uh, the appearance on this medium brown, firm uh, feel overall, oily uh, wrapper, smooth with some veins. 
it's just a nice looking cigar. We're so used to seeing them that we don't think twice about it. But it's a, right. it's a really pretty cigar, you know. And it's important. I think That's it's classy. important to go back and 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 remember how good these cigars are. Right. You know. Right. And the fact that I, I even searched my uh, little database here, I, I I don't think I've ever done a review on this yeah. cigar. So it here it is. Probably seemed too obvious. Right. right exactly. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like it's such a known factor. But I went ahead and did this, and I and I hadn't thought I hadn't smoked one of these cigars and thought critically about it probably in years you know yeah. and i've smoked yeah. many of them so this is this was kind of fun like that because you it's almost like a new cigar when you're thinking of it that mm-hmm. way um the pre-light sniff on this was earth and leather and rich coffee kind of flavors i mean it's a, it's a maduro so the serie v is a maduro so uh so you get all those you know standard flavors that the maduro comes with but then I realized when I was uh, describing this cigar, and you'll hear it in this, all the notes that you hear in here are going to be standard run-of-the-mill uh, Maduro notes. And I thought, well, that's not bad because this is one of the Maduros that kind of set that scale. It, it really you know? is, yes. So when you think of it that way, yeah, this is what, like when you smoke this on a regular basis and then you take someone's brand new Maduro, this is what you're kind of comparing, comparing against. against. Yeah, this absolutely. is one of those standards, you know. So the uh, pre-light draw on this, I use a punch. It was a medium draw. Uh, really nice. Sweet, creamy coffee. Hints of mocha is what I got off there. It wasn't real complex on the pre-light draw. The initial light was not super complex. It was pepper, a little bit of leather, and some tangy spice kind of going on. The first third of the cigar... Uh, rich spice uh, coming through with coffee and semi-sweet chocolate. I mean, it was not super complex. It just had those things, and they were delicious, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. It's like a chocolate mousse. It's not It's not uh, a real complex thing, but when it's done right, it's really good. Well, and you almost don't want the chef to screw up the chocolate mousse That's by right. trying to put too much weird stuff by trying to Yeah, trying to you make it I mean? different. <laughs> like, so, just give me a chocolate mousse. This I love chocolate mousse. not going this thing. Yeah. Solid yeah. ash, perfect burn. One of these uh, pictures I have has a super long ash on it, and it was really absolutely fantastic. The second third of this started developing a little bit of notes of uh, toffee sweetness, playing around with the leather and coffee and, and chocolate, and then these things are just kind of mixing around and moving forward and backwards in the palate. But again, not super complex, just mm-hmm. doing their thing and really, just re- like from puff to puff, to really yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Um, uh, perfect. And I mean, razor-like burn on this. Yeah. There's a there should be a picture up on that that you has can see it in the one that's the up now. Razor yeah. like I actually took two pictures of how perfect the burn was on this cigar. Well, it's a beautiful cigar to right. begin with. The ash was super long and solid every single time. The I and I didn't even tip the ash until halfway through the second third of the cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got to the third third of the cigar, uh, it started developing some more bitter chocolate flavors. Sometimes they you know a cigar will load up towards the end a little bit. And this one loaded up a little bit, but in a great way. It started getting some uh, dark, bitter chocolate, sweet toffee, tangy spice, coffee, and then uh, those things dominate. And then followed by a little bit of leather and a little pepper on the aftertaste. And that's how this cigar finished. It was absolutely fantastic. Look at the burn in that picture. It's mm-hmm. absolutely perfect. It's just the absolutely entire way. Sharp, yeah. I couldn't believe how awesome that was. And this is a this is a seven to eight dollar cigar, right? Every single time. Now, at this size, you can get smaller ones that are a little bit less. But at this size, uh, is a 7 to $8 cigar. It gets a solid 6 and a half. Yeah. I mean, what a great cigar from a great company. And um, and I was super stoked to actually do it because I realized I'd never done a review on this before. So it kind of makes that cigar a new cigar for me to stop and actually really, really get into the flavors of it 
because I take those uh, Olivas a lot of times for granted. I know it's a good cigar, so I'll grab them, you, you know, know, and I just smoke them and don't think about them as much. But when you stop and think about it, they're actually a lo- lot more there to enjoy. I have not smoked an Oliva in a while, and, and this is really inspiring me to go into my, And interestingly enough, I did just buy one today. Nice. I bought a, I bought a Serie O when I was at uh, Serious Cigars, yeah. uh, uh, Casa de Monte Cristo. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's sitting in the little pouch. The uh, Serie V uh, Lancero is outstanding yeah, really as well. Good, really good. That's a great yeah. cigar. <laughs> uh, honestly, all of, as you said at the beginning of your review, all of the products that Oliva makes yeah. are really, really good. And even I've even had some of the stuff that they make, like uh, the private label stuff that they'll make for like a mail order, and that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, it's, it's really they're just really. the company uh, seems to have a, just a quality control, at, like across their entire line. You know? They remind me in that way of Padron, except yeah. that they don't do cigars that are as expensive as the right. as the Padron anniversary right. series. So but, this yeah. is this is to everybody out there listening. If you haven't had an Oliva cigar, go pick up any Oliva cigar. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I forget about it. I, people ask me, hey, what should I smoke? And I don't always say Oliva because I don't think about it. It's just one of those, like, what's new, what's awesome is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of. Right, right. And it, it's part of the thing as we you know, try to pick up things to review. We have a tendency to gravitate towards what's new yeah. or what's you know super hot at the moment, so we can oh people will want to know about this, so we talk about this. So uh, you know, with with the proliferation of cigars and different you know different blends, and with the proliferation of um, you know we were just talking about uh, Texas whiskey, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and and all of the craft breweries. It's one of the main reasons, other than just getting together and doing this, that we started doing this show. It's like you know what, maybe we can help like tell you a little bit about yeah. what we are experiencing with these things. Maybe that can help inform you about oh that sounds like something right. I want to try or something I don't want to try. Right. I'll try something else depending on you know. So hopefully we'll describe things well enough. You know, it's not like we're experts at all. We just kind of know what we like. Well, you know, one of the things I, I love about the show, and, and and I hear from people that uh, you know, it's watch world, it. it's world famous. It is world famous yes. now. <laughs> it is so, definitely world famous. Hi, mom. <laughs> so, but one of the one of the cool bits of feedback that I get is when people hear us describe something, they'll say that either a sounds awesome. I want to try that. Uh, just from your description, or that sounds like something I would absolutely hate. Right. <laughs> and, but both of those lines of thought are great because that, you know, sure. we try whiskey so you don't have to. It keeps you from spending the money on right. something. Uh, it's it, hard. Like when you go in and you see this brand new bottle of Old Humble Distilling and you have no idea anything about it. Right. Um, you're just hoping. You're just, I mean, you that, can take a chance on a bottle yeah. or you can listen to us. Right, and we can tell you how it's going to taste, and you can decide Absolutely. if that's what you want. And that's one of the reasons yeah. why doing tastings at the stores is so right. very yeah. important. Yeah. Right, right. Tastings at the store make you know, a difference. Putting it in people's mouths because so they can actually—I mean, you can listen to me talk about it all yeah. day long, but I'm biased. But yeah. I have noticed, though, and I'm glad that you do those things. I have noticed that when you kind of you're in the the whiskey aisle or the bourbon aisle, and you kind of do your own tasting mm-hmm. they have a tendency to frown on that at the store yeah, yeah. they don't you know, yeah. they're, they're not really crazy about opening uh, bottles yeah, and putting exactly. them back <laughs> exactly. so, um, they should have just a separate section of used bottles right yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh see I, I might i might go and buy you know if they're if they knock the price down on them a little i might go and buy some of those yeah <laughs> this one's like, only been sipped a little bit yeah. well, well, this, choose this your own adventure aisle this one's half gone ian must have been here <laughs> <laughs> the alcohol is self-cleaning uh, well ian uh the cigar 
cigar that I'm going to talk about uh, this week, I did almost the exact opposite of what you did. So you, you smoked went, something super new. Well, it, not exactly. Okay. I, but I smoked something that's maybe the most talked about cigar in the world right now. Ooh. All right, let's go. Because it was recently named Cigar Aficionado's number, number one, one right, cigar right. for 2019. Uh, it's the Aging Room Cuatro Nicaragua Maestro, and I smoked the Torpedo. Now, before we get started, it was only a few... Uh, episodes ago that we were live at Casa de Monte Cristo yep. in the VIP lounge. We had uh, our good friend Chris Hart, uh-huh. who nobody cares about, was on the show. That's right. And uh, so was our good friend Alan Denny, who even less people right, right, care yeah. about. Uh, well, he was on the show as well. And right at that time, it was while we were on the show, basically, that the that the info came out about what the number one cigar was, because they release them in, in stages. Right, right. Uh, and uh, Alan, of course, had known about it in advance. And so uh, it started He's this conversation. Guy. He is that guy. Uh, which is really fun or really annoying at parties, depending. <laughs> uh, but but uh, um, what was interesting is that the conversation that ensued, there were some very strong opinions about the fact that it wasn't that great of a cigar, that it was, or that maybe it wasn't a bad cigar, but that it was completely a political, uh, a political reason move. that that it was named a number one. Now it had received the highest rating in the magazine numerically that year. It was the only cigar I think they gave only cigar or or one of only like two or three that they gave a ninety four to yeah. out, out of a hundred and. Generally, anytime you get over a ninety, you're doing great. Yeah. Uh, so if you get a ninety four, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty high rating. So it was one that they seemed to really rave about when they reviewed it, and they named it their number one. And I'm just going to say, I'm just going to go back and listen to that episode. Um, it was a little polarizing. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit polarizing. Uh, there was some real belief that it was not a good enough cigar to be the number one cigar of the year. So I thought, you know what? Uh, they they had some when I went into Casa de Monte Cristo. They had about half a box uh, left open. I thought I'm going to get one, and uh, I'll smoke it. And I'll tell you what I think. Not that not that that matters, but here's you know your world one famous, guy's. Sir. Well, that's I'm on a world famous show, <laughs> uh, but here's one guy's opinion. Right? Uh, does it live up to it? So. The Cuatro Nicaragua Maestro, it's a Nicaraguan Puro. That means the wrapper, binder, and fillers are all from Nicaragua. Yeah. Uh, pre-light on it was earthy with hints of wood and some of that deep tobacco uh, aroma that mm-hmm. can be so enticing yeah. in a Nicaraguan cigar. Um, I used a straight cut, and it lit quite easily with a match. I decided to use a match. I don't know why. I just I usually get out the lighter and, you know. Did you have the extra long match? I had the extra long match, yeah. I had one of those boxes from Casa de Monte Cristo there. Uh, So, uh, Nicaraguan pepper uh, on the palate right off the bat. Uh, But it didn't take long to get those earthy flavors coming through that I had detected on on the pre-light. As it smoked, uh, I got some really great deep chocolate, uh, dark chocolate flavors, and a sweet sort of spiciness along with a bit of oakiness that kind of came and went. And it, all of it had this really nice creamy mouthfeel. You know what uh, I mean when yeah, I say oh, yeah, that? Yeah. When, when the cigar just smokes like really creamy, not so much the flavor of But the feel creamy, of the but smoke. But the feel yeah. of the smoke is just kind of velvety and, and creamy. Um, it had really good construction with one exception. There was a kind of a flaky ash and I dropped it all over my shirt, went total Ian style, uh, and uh, uh, that was before I was done with the, with the first third. Yeah. But it was a perfect burn. It nice. was just flaky, and the ash didn't stay on the cigar long, 
but the burn really never wavered. It went really, really well in, in terms of the burn. So the cigar was really good. It was very complex, had a great room note. It was really an enjoyable smoke. I was starting to think, you know, maybe the haters are just wrong on this one, right? You know, maybe maybe uh -huh. this is better than people think. So I started looking on, I had the iPad with me. I started going looking online to get some information about the cigar. Maybe look at some other reviews that weren't from Cigar Aficionado and see, you know, how it had done, what people had said about it. And as I was doing my research, I discovered that this cigar is a collaboration between Rafael Nadal of Aging Room and some guy named A.J. Fernandez. <laughs> I had no idea. I really did not know. And I'm an A.J. fan. You are such a fanboy yeah. for A.J. So fans. I'm like, aha! Now <laughs> I know what, what I liked about this. So overall, I enjoyed the cigar very much. I do get why it was rated very highly. That said, I'm not sure it's my favorite smoke of the year. In fact, I'm I'm really not even sure it's my favorite AJ. It was good. I mean, really good. But is it better than the Bella Artez Maduro? Man, that's a tough one. Oh, man. Because the Bella Artez uh, Maduro is just... That's just so good. Yeah. Um, everybody's palate is different. Here's the thing, though. This cigar was between 11 and $12. It's not a $15, $16 cigar. It's yeah. 11 and $12, and that was for you know a decent-sized torpedo. Um, so I say smoke one if you can find them because it is worth it. Price to quality, I will give it a six. Nice. Um, and I'm, you know, with apologies to all the people that seem to think it wasn't good. Maybe there are issues with consistency, but I can only base it on the on one, one cigar, the yeah. one that I had. And, uh, and believe me, I had formed my impressions of the cigar and how much I was enjoying it before I realized the thing about AJ. So it didn't prejudice me in that <laughs> in a major much. way. Yeah, not much. But I will say, for whatever reason, the last third of the cigar was the best. You know, you know. Sometimes the yeah, last yeah. third gets a little more bitter, and it's not quite. Uh -huh. No, not in this case. The last third was like yummy, nice. So, uh, so I enjoyed it. Uh, find one, even if just so you can smoke it and see what you think of right. the of the number one cigar of the year. If well, you can find one, smoke it. Now, I, I, I did notice as I was looking through online that a lot of the online places are saying, oh, we're back-ordered, we're back-ordered. So it may not be easy to It's find. really nice, though, when the price point of the number one cigar of the year is affordable. Yeah. You know, because last year was the... Uh, was the Encore. Was the Encore, and it was reasonable, too. Yeah, was I mean, it, was, it wasn't a cheap cigar, but yeah, is I think right? it was like in the 13, yeah. 14... Uh, and it range. wasn't like outlandish, but I hate it when people go, hey, the number one cigar we have is yeah. $42 a right. stick, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, like, it's like, yeah, come on. Well, that's, that's one of the reasons we better do, be good. That's one of the reasons we do the price to quality yeah. is like, how how did this do at being worth it? And of course, if price to quality, if five means you got what you pay for, six or, or uh, what did you give the Oliva? I gave it a six and a half. Six and a yeah, half. Six so and a half. That I, means, yeah. It's not a very expensive cigar, but man, it's a great cigar. And and that's mm. that's part of the yeah. reason that it can get that kind of a rating. It's because, you know what? It's worth it. You plunk it down. Yeah, and those of you money. out there joining us that, that aren't familiar with the price to quality scale, it's a one to ten scale, five being you get exactly what you pay for. Right. If you if you score it a little above five, it's punching above its weight class. Mm -hmm. You got you got better than what you paid. If you're scoring below five, then eh, you didn't get quite what you paid for. And sometimes you can mm -hmm. score something below a five 
and it actually was really and it's good. Still a good cigar, but it might have just been. But it might not be a great cigar for twenty dollars. Right, exactly. Right. I've, I've right. had the same thing with whiskeys. I've had a very good fifty dollars whiskey that cost me about one hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it definitely affects my enjoyment of the whiskey, yeah. knowing that I spent way too much on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. it's sometimes so true. it's good to have it just to say I've had it, yeah, right. but yeah. then I'm you know. Yeah, whiskey. I'm never going to buy it again. Whiskey is very much the same. That's one of the things I always ask: uh, is what is the price point on what we're drinking, uh, whiskey wise? Because, you know, uh, again, you know, when something costs two hundred and fifty dollars for a bottle, you kind of expect it to start at a certain place. You mm-hmm. know, and, I agree. And how good it is. Well, I can taste the disappointment. <laughs> well, I'm not interested in disappointment, but I am interested in tasting. So That's let's right. uh, take a quick break. We will come back in our next segment. Maybe you can make the first of our uh, uh, first of our whiskey cocktails. I think for the we show. can do that. So all right, you all right. Uh, think through what you so want to bring. Quick break, and everybody on the watch party. You you uh, we'll be right back. We won't be here for. Uh, oh, so you did a watch breaking. party? I, again. Yeah, I've got two devices going here. I'm cooking. Oh, yeah, you. I got were, a watch party and I shared it out. I'm watching the show. I did a watch and I'm party on, the show. on Old Humble too. Oh, that's awesome! Nice. That's awesome. I'm not. I, I thought watch party was like a a show on the CW. We're getting fancy. <laughs> we'll be right back at smoking and toasting. It is show number one hundred and seventy, which means we're been around, half, baby. We're halfway to two hundred. That's right, halfway to two hundred. World famous smoking and toasting. We'll be right back. <laughs> All these devices doing all these things. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. It's episode number one seven zero. We are doing uh, we're doing cocktails, whiskey cocktails with Old Humble uh, Distilling. And by the way, I was just uh, checking the uh, Facebook feed. Notice that our buddy Alan Denny is watching. So right now he's like. He's like totally like like yelling at the uh, at the phone or the uh, earbuds or the speaker or whatever he's listening on because uh, I think he uh, I think he may disagree with me about this cigar but maybe I'll buy him one and, uh, and you know <laughs> there you and, go. And let him smoke and see what he thinks because uh, <laughs> honestly Alan it really really very pleasantly surprised me so he really should have us on the TV up there at the shop oh he totally should you know In he's fact, got a birthday coming up pretty quickly too. Alan does he does yeah we're gonna have to think of something does maybe we'll have the Alan Denny birthday edition of the show we can like do it live from Alan's house or something <laughs> we just follow him around for a day no no we'll do it while he's at the store we'll go oh, to his yeah. house and uh, you Even know better and idea. drink his liquor it, it'll be <laughs> awesome it'd be a great show uh, welcome back to the show we are brought to you by our good friends at uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant 1814 Washington Avenue in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth bacon 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 um, you know we talk about the bacon uh, all the time. Bacon's so good there. So, um, tell me a little bit about what you're mixing here, and then I'll jump into a quick story while you're finishing up, and then we'll taste. So, what we're doing here is the banana rascal. Mm-hmm. So, what I've got over here in my little mixing jar is uh, a little bit of our straight whiskey, as you can, as mm-hmm. I'm referencing over the yeah, turntable there. That's perfect. Uh, some banana. Li- some banana that's, liqueur. That's, banana liqueur. This is Mr. Twirly Gig, just FYI. Uh, Mr. Twirly Gig, mm-hmm. got it. And I threw in some walnut bitters. Walnut bitters. Uh, and the I, way- I've seen, you know, I've been at the bitter shelf standing there looking, going, what kind I do have I some want? some of that at the house. I would never have thought of walnut. They've got all kinds of different flavors. Yeah, there's so and many different I, flavors. Bef- I, I always knew about the aromatic bitters, and I didn't like aromatic bitters. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. They smell and... 
but they've got walnut bitters. I've got chocolate bitters. Aromatic they've got bitters. Orange to me. bitters. They got all kinds of bitters. Aromatic bitters to me smell like like cheap potpourri. <laughs> right, and cheap potpourri is an awful smell. Yeah, it is. It really is. When you think about when you go to your grandma's, and you know that that you, you're like, yeah. <laughs> While he's mixing that up, four of the biggest companies in the premium cigar business will not be in Las Vegas at the Premium Cigar Association, which used to be IPCPR now PCA, uh, at the trade show this summer. Uh, Altadas USA, uh, they make the non-Cuban Monte Cristo Romeo and Julieta H. Upman. General Cigar Company that produces of Macanudo and the Partagas, uh, Dominican-made Partagas brand, uh, as well as CAO. Uh, Davidoff of Geneva, which makes Davidoff and Avo and Camacho. And Drew Estate, which makes the Acid Line and, of course, the Urbata. Underground, Undercrown, Herrera Esteli. Uh, yeah, that's four really... Three, I just, three major companies and one of the biggest independents. I, I want to point out that you just... Like when I went to IPCPR last year, um, you just took away the biggest, most outrageous booth there. Well, th- yeah, and that's really interesting because that's what they're saying that the convention floor is going to be a shadow yeah. of what it normally is because not only are these four companies full out of it, but these are four of the companies that had the biggest, most grandiose Drew Estate booth. Yeah. Was like they had this whole section of the floor. And it was like this big disco party the entire time. It was crazy. They did this really interesting thing where Drew Estate made the official announcement on behalf of all four companies, which I found that really interesting. That is weird. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, the uh, the guys at Cigar Aficionado did confirm this with all the companies. So uh, they feel like, the companies are saying they feel like the trade show has been in decline and that any attempts to improve the issues of dwindling attendance and reduce membership have been met with silence. So they finally decided, you know, we spend a lot of money doing this. Yeah. We'll just run whatever specials we're running for what well, we would be running for IPCPR or PCA. We'll run those, but people can call us and, you know, shops can call us and order. So I want to point out, because uh, I feel like we have a bunch of people out there who may not know that much about the cigar industry. Um, like me. So the IPCPR or CPA, which it's now changed its name to, was is the is the big convention in Vegas that they do every year, where it's it's an industry only convention. Mm-hmm. But that's where they uh, everyone flies out. If you own a cigar shop, you fly out there and, and you make your big orders. You go, yeah, you make your big orders, and you're doing it face to face with the companies instead of over the phone or with a and random rep got special face to face deals. If you order X amount, you right. you know you get. A price break or whatever it right. is. Yeah. So Products, from the, things like that. From yeah. the retail yeah. floor, that's where you do your big purchases because that's where you get the best prices. From the uh, from the other side of it, from the uh, from the uh, brand side of it, that's where they get to be face to face with a lot of the people and they get to make a lot of these deals and sell a lot of their product. Mm-hmm. But it's costly because they got to fly out there. They got to have a booth. They have to mm-hmm. have uh, hotel rooms for everybody working and there. And just having have a regular booth with huge. a table and a little pipe and drape is expensive enough. Yes. If you're doing what you told like, me the Drew Estate oh, did last yeah. year, with these big elaborate displays and all that kind of stuff, I mean, that's going to cost some yeah. money. Yeah. Very oh, interesting. See, I would think even in our industry, uh, trade shows like that seem to be more effective for companies that are constantly bringing out new 
things or mm-hmm. new companies right. that are always bringing out a new thing and they get their face time and they get their opportunity to see that whole industry and meet up with people that they wouldn't normally meet with. Yeah, right, kind of connect you, with them you've already got about a, the brand. Yeah. If you've already got a big marketing department, well, you can bring your brand to the people you need to bring them to. Right, right. Um, that makes sense. And uh, see, I, I wonder, even in my former industry that I used to work in, I wonder how these trade shows are going to survive uh, going forward with uh, uh, the, the social media mm-hmm. and the ability to be in contact with your customers and your clients literally all the time. You know, well, I think a part of that, too, is, um, you know, a lot of these companies have brand ambassadors or you have, and I can't remember what they're, uh, like independent guys who will represent different companies mm-hmm. and, and bring the product to you so you can try it, that kind of stuff. I think the original idea of having the uh, conventions like that is so you could be as a as a retail person you could be made aware of a lot of products that you wouldn't have seen otherwise or maybe don't walk through the door mm-hmm. but definitely with with uh, our social media and everything else the the awareness of what's new and hot and how to get it and those kind of things are much much higher than it used to be right and also the cost challenge right. because right. for a, a small outfit like mine we're not going to be able to afford a booth that Brown Foreman can afford. Sure. All right. And, and by we, in. he means himself because he well, is the sole employee. <laughs> but we talked about this. Ian and I got invited to this uh, this Glenfiddich event mm-hmm. that was, I mean, it was beautifully. It was amazing. And incredibly so good, yeah. done from ice sculptures to, you know, uh, music playing to uh, just, you know, these, uh, an amazing, bu- there were crab legs on the buffet. Yes. And I'm not talking about like the ones you get at Golden Corral. Right. I mean, these are like really serious crab legs on the buffet. It was an amazing amount of money that they spent yeah. on uh, this thing. And it was in a beautiful location. But again, that's because they have you know, we grant money to be able to spend. Mm-hmm. You right, know? And, right. That's, and it's all Glenn. Right, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, Which is also one of the reasons why we, uh, companies like mine, really appreciate the craft distillers associations, the Texas craft distillers, uh, 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 the, the Houston Whiskey Social and things like that, mm-hmm. that focus on local yeah. Texas-based mm-hmm. smaller distilleries. Houston it's, Whiskey Social is coming up, by the way. Just a few weeks. Yeah, it's, it's somewhat mm-hmm. discouraging when you go to one of those and half of it's taken up with the big corporate with manufacturers the big sure. yeah, yeah. and then the rest of us are kind of, you know, we can't Tucked afford those in, tables and, right, and that's right. how they make them. And it's, right. it's, sure, sure. it's it makes this, sense. Uh, I'm, I get why they need to have those guys in to mm-hmm. pay for the venue and do all the stuff. But then, you know, they've got the, the, the stage and the dancing girls and the fireworks and all there's, the things. And we're over there with our, there's uh, a certain amount of politely. <laughs> <laughs> there's a certain amount of selling the lifestyle too. So I get that. Like like the uh, Glenfiddich event we went to. I mean, part of that is is selling that image and that lifestyle, and it's actually wonderful. And by the way, the whiskey awesome was great. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, it was wonderful. They but at the same whiskey. time, knowing your uh, knowing your surroundings as well, because some place like the Whiskey Social is not the same place that you would have that. St- that sort of uh, elaborate setup, mm-hmm. right? It's the and, I don't, and they don't do that. The whiskey social is pretty, pretty mm-hmm. even keel. Like you yeah. can have a bigger or smaller setup, but there's no, you know, light shows and all that other right, stuff. Right, right. It's not not quite. And as I think and the whiskey social does a great job of making sure that everyone kind of has their 
their nice equal spot. Mm-hmm. You right. Know? We continue to say it's the best. Uh, it is the amazing. best beverage event uh, that we've been to, like, and, it, and it doesn't get overpowered by the major corporate manufacturers. Right. right. They're there. Who they're are there? Yeah, yeah, they're there, but they're, they're not overpowering the whole thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's. I want to taste this nice. cocktail. Let's do that. All right. Let's so first that. off. Yeah. Oh, this is a, what it's mixed with. Okay. This so is our straight whiskey. In the shot glass is your straight whiskey. Right. Just a taste of it so you you, you get a feel for what it tastes oh, like by itself. It. Okay. Mm-hmm. My only question is why even go to the cocktail? Well, there's this that. Is, this, is, <laughs> this is delicious right off the bat. It really is. And it's All important right. when you're making cocktails that you match the drink. The, the the mixer in the drink with the whiskey itself. It's, you don't want something to overpower the whiskey. You don't want the whiskey to overpower bit of a something. Cinnamon note going on, mm-hmm. kind of in there that I really kind of like. Yes, I'll take that. Yeah. I've heard right. I've heard worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's it's a good thing. It's 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 a little bit of spice on the now, back of it. So what I did with the cocktail here is we did the banana liqueur. So it's a sweet whiskey. It's mm-hmm. a sweeter whiskey. It doesn't have the the heavy. The high dry heat that comes from the rye, and it doesn't have the heavy oaky flavor that you get from a new barrel right. uh, that typically overpowers a heavy corn whiskey. So we went with a, a sweeter, lighter cocktail. The banana liqueurs bring sweet. Uh, the walnut bitters are not very bitter, but they, they kind of balance out that sweetness. And then the, 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 the meat of it, the base of the drink is A&W cream soda. <laughs> Love it. So even the color of the cream soda matches yeah. the color. Have you taken a sip of this yet? No, no. Tell, tell uh, me again what this is called. It's called the Banana Rascal. The Banana Rascal. Okay. Cheers. This right here. Um, wow. All those flavors blend so deliciously, but the retro hail after you take a sip. Yes. Is so cool and so it's awesome. so like, banana awesome. I, I drink this just for the retro hail alone. Uh, you know what? It's one of those examples of... You know, sometimes when you have a cocktail, you go, that's a really good cocktail. There's good liquor in that. Yeah. Like, you, you can taste that there's quality uh, quality ingredients. This just tastes good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is like, ooh, give me – it'd be one of those that you go, uh, could you go stand in line and get me another one of those? That's, so that's it's your, a stand-in whiskey. This or a stand-in, a stand-in cocktail. This you don't want to drink the, it sitting down. The banana notes, <laughs> but also has a little uh, caramel, like a little burnt caramel kind of mm-hmm. thing going on. But the retro hail is molasses. Like, yes. It's just molasses and warm spice. It's you know, really nice. What is that dessert that has bananas in it that they. Uh, bananas Foster. Bananas Foster. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's what it reminds me of. That was the intent. A sort of a burnt. Uh, <laughs> like it's the binder. banana. Yeah. With the bananas. Uh, the, oh, man. The Foster, this is delicious. I guess. Now we do a this variant on this where it's just the cream soda and the whiskey. We call that the Trey Tutson. That's one of his favorite drinks. Nice. Uh, local comedian. What percentage of this is whiskey? We let's see here. These are smallish, so it's it, it's a standard. It would be a standard cocktail. I had two shots. It's two parts whiskey, uh, one part banana liqueur, and uh, so you in in that you probably it's have about, about a, a shot and a half. It's about half whiskey. Yeah. then. yeah. It really brings. I went back to the whiskey and took a little sip of it. Ooh, um, I like that idea. No, about really, two thirds of a shot. I'm sorry, my math was wrong. Okay. There. Yeah, <laughs> it really, uh, it really brings out some of the more f- fruitier mm-hmm. and sweeter flavors in the whiskey. In the whiskey, when you take a sip Agreed. of it. You still get that cinnamon finish. Yep, which is 
Lovely, by the way. And I like the whiskey. Listen, last time you were here, you left me with a bottle of that, and it didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't usually. It didn't I last appreciate long that. at all. My <laughs> wife found that, like, I like this whiskey on its own, but my wife found that it makes uh, pretty amazing old fashions and many variants that she comes mm-hmm. up with. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of her things. I'm like, what are you drinking? She's like, well, it's like an old fashioned, but then it's like a million variants that she makes up. Um, mm. But and yeah, she uh, she mowed through most of that. And typically, my cocktails only have one or two ingredients. It's the whiskey and a juice and maybe a garnish like the apple blossom. It's just apple juice and cinnamon mm-hmm. done. Uh, this is a little bit more complicated. It has three, uh, the bitters and the, the cream soda and you know, the liqueur. And most bars don't carry cream soda. So this right. is kind of a do-it-at-home type of thing. You know, you uh, you applied the, the bitters liberally to the mix. I did. And I don't get... The bitters overpowering on this. No, no. Yeah, and that, that's what gives like, it most of its color, too. You can get can a little of the it. walnut, yeah. I can feel a little of that bitters astringency uh, just in the back, but it's just enough to keep the whole drink from being too sweet. Too sweet, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's it kind of brings it all together. Yeah. It, it's got a sweetness to it, but it's not Kool-Aid That bitters all, really tied you know? the drink together. Yeah. Wow, that works. And where did you, if you don't mind, where did you find this recipe? I kind of made it up. Wow. I, I mean, we, there was banana recipes online and i kind of threw a couple of twists in there with the cream soda with the with the bitters uh so it was kind of a variant on stuff that we found online and it was born out of a story of another comedian friend of mine who was uh uh doing a show at guantanamo bay with the troops and a guy comes out of the comes out of the crowd as he's leaving he's on the bus he's about to leave comes out of the crowd with a box hands him the box and poofs back into the crowd in the box was a banana rat skull and that banana rat skull is a souvenir for Slade that he took home. Uh, and I said, you know, we should come up with a, a cocktail for that because that's <laughs> one that's kind of a cool story. So it just appears and gives you a banana rat skull. Uh, but we can't call it the banana rat skull. That's kind of gross. Right. That wouldn't that wouldn't necessarily be a cocktail that people would so order. It, it slurred itself into the banana rascal. That would be ah. that would be if, if Brash okay. was doing got, cocktails. That would be what they would do. Banana Rascal. See, I'm, we got it in the box. And I'm just thinking that's about a you know mischievous monkey. You know, so, uh, so that's what I thought when you said Banana Rascal. Well, that's delicious, and uh, uh, I would uh, I would recommend anybody like try this at home. You know, put this together and see what you can do. Yeah, this is a love. fun. Drink. So it's it's one part whiskey, half a. So it'd be two parts whiskey, one part banana liqueur. So is that a motorbike or is that is that the air conditioner? <laughs> I have no idea what that was. So it's two to one whiskey to banana liqueur, uh, and then liberal dosage of uh, walnut bitters. Wow! And then balance that out with uh, uh, cream soda to taste. Interesting. Uh, I love it. I love it. It's uh, absolutely delicious. So this is an interesting thing to start with because what we're going to do in our next segment is we're going to be tasting this Brew GK Apple Kolsch from our friends at Eighth Wonder. So we're just we're, being fruity today. We are being very fruity <laughs> to open up the show. So so we'll get to that when we uh, come back. This is Smoking and Toasting. It's the show that's all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And now is world famous. World famous. World famous. Hi, Mom. The world <laughs> famous. Smoking and toasting. We'll be right back. <laughs> Brian, Wiki Brian put up aromatic bitter smell. There's a few thoughts. Uh, welcome back. 
It's smoking and toasting. Uh, we are live. Show number one hundred and seventy. If you are uh, watching this on YouTube, like after the fact, uh, you totally missed out on the Dolly Parton conversation <laughs> in between the uh, right in between the. By two the segments. way, uh, all you people listening to this, go on YouTube and uh, and hit like, hit subscribe, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we and appreciate that. Tell all your friends and everything that would help us out tremendously. We'll keep bringing you more and more content like this. By the way, I, f- I forgot to mention. That I was going to do this on the show today, but coming up before we are done today, how to use a flask on the golf course? I'm not sure what to say about that. I think you're going to be well. I don't want to say what you're going to be. Here, while you're talking, we'll I'm be we'll be this. getting to that. Yeah, so, uh, smoking and toasting YouTube channel. Yeah, smoking and toasting YouTube smoking channel. Smoking and toasting YouTube Old channel. Distilling YouTube yeah. channel. Thank Old you. We're Thank working you. on real content. Nice. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I love that idea. Uh, You'll be able to see the uh, build out of the new place as we do it. And would you? Is that the type of place where you might uh, you know show how to make some of these cocktails? We are going to go through a, a series of cocktail. Uh, demonstrations and how to make and where to make and like and it. and we we have thought about we're moving into a new place very very soon we're mm-hmm. moving into a larger facility mm-hmm. that's going to have a proper tasting room and one of the things that we're going to be doing in the proper tasting room is having bartenders and mixologists come come, in and come into the shop thing. and yeah. kind of uh, yeah. develop drinks and do some things and and give people uh, uh, tastes of different flavors of of cocktails and doing infused whiskeys and, and just being able to experiment and play around with the whiskey and love that. and expand uh, uh, and experiment with what we do uh, with that's our art so and with our cool. with our uh, our whiskey and it's going to be a whole lot of fun and a lot of that stuff is going to end up on video it's going to go into the YouTube channel so how to do the whiskeys and and how to do the cocktails but you know. To be fair, anybody can go on the on the Googles and find out how and to make a, sure, how to make an old fashioned. You know, what really a, makes our whiskeys still. really good is the people you're drinking it with. Yes, uh, and it's about it's that. a social media. Like the videos like are Noah. about having a little uh, entertainment too with it, you mm-hmm. know, and how you sure. present it. Absolutely, sure. Uh, what Speaking can, of which, this yeah. has no smell. <laughs> so nothing on the nose. It has no smell. Hmm. Are you getting anything? No, it smells like. It's got a little bit of a beer smell to it. Yeah, That's I was going to say, it yeah. smells like it beer. It has like no smell to it. This I is can't put my finger on Brew anything GK else. Brew GK Apple Kolsch and from 8th Wonder. So 8th Wonder has done this whole series with uh, hip-hop artists the hip-hop uh, from series. the greater from the greater Houston area. And they've collaborated with different, uh, you know, different hip-hop artists, done different brews of all different styles. And this one they collaborated with Bun B, and uh, it is their Apple Kolsch. And I'm really curious because you're I right. Can, not much on the nose. I can almost, like, if I put my face up in this and just, like, take the biggest inhale, I can almost pull a little bit of apple in there. But well, I would do that, except I'd wind up snorting it up my nose. You always like do I that. always yeah. do. So, uh, <laughs> and it's not, you know, it's just not the way to experience a beer. Put the it's beer in your nose, right? Yeah, it's just really not. So, all right. I mean, so there's, like, a freshness to, to it, but. Mm. You know, this is interesting because you expect beer with apple. To be kind of sweet, but this is crisp. They went the other direction mm-hmm. with they it. They did. It tastes very much like a Pilsner. This is actually it does, a it? pretty nice beer. It really is. I like it. I really like Pilsner's too. Um, like flavor wise, really this is pretty nice. Tell me how much apple you're getting. I'm getting a tiny bit it's on, on the, the finish. very, very finish. Yeah. yeah, on the very end of it. Yeah, there's like a and it's that sort of tart. Not even really Smith on the retro sort of. ale, but it's it's apple. It's 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 a very tart apple. And like right next to the skin of the apple, mm-hmm. you know, um, like it's it's like that 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 bitter tart, and then gone. 
I mean, mm. it's there. You can recognize it. It's not the whole slice I think, in your mouth, like, I think chewing I, on it. I think, honestly, if nobody told us Apple on this... I don't know if I would have pulled mm. that out I think yeah. we may have gone, hmm, what is that on the end? Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. But it's I, definitely as a not... beer, as a lighter lager style beer, I'd say it's pretty it's good, actually. Really, yeah, I, I think really good. It's actually very refreshing, which you would want a Kolsch to be. I mean, Kolsch's have a certain crispness to them that actually works really well with the... Um, um, with the sort of apple ishness of this, you know, I want to see what's about to happen here. Yeah. You seeing what's uh, going yeah, on? Yeah, uh, out of the corner of my eye, I am uh, watching I Joe think, pour some try this pour well. some whiskey into the beer. Is that what you worth did? trying? It's not not. It's not not. It's, it's not, not not worth trying. Not, not. So one of the one of the cocktails. I don't want to step on the beer here. But one of the cocktails that we do is an apple cider. We, instead of the apple juice, we do apple mm-hmm. cider, warm apple cider with the whiskey and a little bit of cinnamon. And the the bubbliness of the cider uh, goes really well with the mm. whiskey. So. And the flavors meld together nicely. Interesting. Uh, and this is... This is sort of like that. This is much creamier than a, a apple this cider. This does a weird thing to the whiskey. So, I, okay, for those of you not watching this... <laughs> There's one Bach, guy, right? My friend Box said I like yeah. to play around with the whiskey. Also, um, we're just playing with whiskey now. So, so if you put me in a room, if you put it like Bob Ross in a room with a bunch of oil paintings, he's going to yeah, come up with a mountain something. and happy little trees. Yeah. Put me in a room with whiskey and stuff. I'm going to play. <laughs> I'm going to come up with my little mountain and happy little trees. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, for those of you that not this actually watching, let me tree. show you what's happening here. Let me tell you what's happening here. Paint mm-hmm. this picture for you, Josh, because I know you're not watching. Um, so what we did is uh, he uh, took a took mm. the shot glass and poured some of his uh, Brew GK Apple Kolsch into it, and then mm-hmm. poured whiskey into it to Mix try it. Back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, it, and and then of course I had to try it because you know ooh ooh me too, um, and it's it's interesting because it creates a, a completely different thing. Go back to the beer. Go back to the beer after that. Makes back it to the beer. much applier and crisper. Well, you're right. You get much more apple mm-hmm. out of that. Very oh, wow. interesting. That's where and malt. The malt and the apple pop out. Yeah. That's like, fascinating. That's pretty wild. Wow. Well, I, I kind of like the beer on its own, but that's kind of fun. I wonder if if just your whiskey alone, just like having it as a whiskey back, would do that to the uh, beer as well, because I bet that would be great out of the bar. Right. If you just get a shot of the whiskey. Yeah, and, uh, having this with sip, the whiskey back. Sip that a little bit out of your shot glass and then uh, and then go... <laughs> do we do we have enough of the uh, Brugie K left to try that? A tiny little bit. All right, you try it, Ian. I'll trust your judgment. Here. We're just gonna go try it out. Brugie K with whiskey bag. I'm gonna take a sip of the whiskey. Um, for those of you just listening, they're all staring at me yes. while I sip yeah. whiskey. The well, dead we'll, air is we'll, uh, see. You're is the a fascinated. There was only enough beer for, left for one of us. So, uh, Ian, that's why you're being stared at. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do the same thing. Interesting. Science. It doesn't. Mm. It doesn't do the same thing. It uh, it washes out some of the sweetness in the beer, right? But it doesn't bring out the apple and malt like it did when you had the little blend of the two. Mm-hmm. I'm how still, strange. I'm still just drinking the little bit of the blend in the shot glass and noticing now that I taste the apple much more just in this as well. Hmm. 
Um, Science. You know, that's <laughs> so weird what it does to the palate. brings me back to something that I've, I've mentioned on the show before. And I am in no way, by the way, encouraging um, you know high schools to serve beer or uh, uh, spirits to underage uh, kids. That said, if I could have known the applications for some of these things when I was... I would have paid way more attention in chemistry. Are you kidding me? Science. I would have been I would have been totally enraptured by it. After that beer, I went back to the cocktail, and it makes the cocktail taste like a banana cinnamon bun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with like, that. Like, it tastes like a banana cinnamon bun. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, Ian, you're going to be very excited. Oh, wow. You're going to be yeah, very excited. Yeah, that's way different, isn't it? There's just drapes over your tongue. Mm. <laughs> you're going to be very excited about uh, the newest craft beer line. All right. That is about to hit stores. They're starting out with a flagship IPA, but there will be uh, many more other uh, styles released soon under the banner of Captain Paps. Captain Paps. Paps Beer is launching a craft beer line. Oh, it's a macro craft. It's a macro craft. Awesome. Gotcha. Yeah. It's Captain Paps. It's a uh, is part of the latest uh, line of craft beers, um, Captain Paps, that has Ziegenbach. been announced by uh, <laughs> by the Los Angeles headquartered Paps Blue Ribbon. Uh, the uh, flagship offering will be called Seabird IPA, and it will uh, Captain Paps Seabird, of and it'll course. be released in Wisconsin and Illinois. Um, it uh, will pay homage to the company. It's Captain Paps, and it's Captain released Pabst. in. The two landlocked, yeah, Wisconsin, and Illinois, states. the yeah. most landlocked and, states. And if I were well, Illinois, Illinois is on the river. So if I were going to release <laughs> Seabird IPA, I would at least go into Washington State and do it in Seattle, where they have the Seattle Seahawks. Right? That would be that's Seabird. Right? Like you mm-hmm. would have a connection there. Seabird uh, C- IPA <laughs> is brewed with Magnum Citra, Cascade, and Mosaic hops, and it is named for the last ship that Paps captained. Apparently, the namesake of the company, Frederick Pabst, was a sea captain. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so that's... Uh, Cap'n Pat. That's where it came from. It's so. going to be Cap'n, like 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 Cap'n Crunch, like just with the apostrophe in the middle of it? Cap'n. 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 <laughs> uh, so off-premise dollar sales of Pabst product in 2019 declined nearly 8%. So this is why they're, you know, making some of the moves. You know, we talked about their... Um, uh, you know, their moves earlier into the beverage segment. Now they're moving into um, this this area of craft beer. But it, again, I, craft. Well, there's two there's two kinds of macro craft, right? There's craft like Carbach or Wicked Weed or that have been Island, bought by where it's a craft brewery that gets acquired by right. one of the macro uh, guys. Uh, but then there's the and I can only think of like uh, one or two of these that I even think is like drinkable, um, but it's where the major brand releases its own crafty mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing. And the only one I can think of off the top of my head that I will even drink is Blue Moon. Right. You know. Well, there's that whole uh, uh, Budweiser's pushing that special reserve. Yeah, series. and it's terrible. Yeah. It's not good. It's not like good the at all. aftertaste on that is so bad. Remember when we had right, that in here? Right. It's like how, how do you how do you have? I I'm betting you. I don't know that this is true, but I but I bet it. 
I bet it's not a long shot that the brewmaster at Anheuser-Busch, the head guy, I bet he is the highest paid brewmaster in America, if not the world. Oh, no doubt. And I'm betting that he didn't get that job without a serious resume as a brewmaster, right? He's no not doubt. a guy who just walked in and, you know, they go, oh, yeah, you look the part, you'll you'll get the job. I mean, they hired a serious guy for that. He had flannel and a beard. Why can't that guy <laughs> make a good Budweiser reserve? Like, how... Yeah, he's why not is the that one making the beer so terrible? Right? Why? My, why is well, it so bad? You know, I mentioned it. I mentioned it when you brought that into the blind taste test for that me, was right? fun. That was fun. I mentioned that. Like, I, I'm so upset. Like, how can a company like Budweiser let such a crappy beer put make their, it to market and put their name on it and put their name on it and think that it's going to be okay? Like, what lines did that go through where they said, "Oh no, this hmm. is fine"? Like. That tasted terrible. I don't know if you remember this or not, but in the very early days of the sort of craft beer explosion, they kept releasing, this is around the time that Michelob Ultra came out, Yeah. but they kept releasing different Michelobes, like Michelob Amber Ale, and Michelob, like all different kinds of so, craftier things, and I'm they point all out, failed and went away. I'm going to point out that Michelob Amber Ale was actually not too bad, like as far as just beer flavor goes, but I don't think anybody wanted to try it. I right. think the problem is if you're a Michelob drinker, you're going to drink the classic Michelob. You're not right. going to drink mm-hmm. Michelob Amber Ale. You know, you and if you're a craft beer person, you're going to drink craft beer. You don't want to drink craft beer that says Michelob on it because you're a craft beer guy. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So I tried the Amber Ale, and the reason I tried it, I was at one of the, uh, I think it was at Disney World. Which one's in Florida? Disneyland. Disney, Disney World. 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 Okay, yeah, I was at Disney World, and I was at the hospitality house there and they had it on tap and i was like okay i'll try that it was pretty good beer right but again if i have a choice to sit down and go okay i'm gonna have a michelob amber or a saint arnold's amber (laughs) what am i gonna pick that's where you're going like purely on name alone right i'm not gonna grab michelob i'm gonna grab saint arnold's because i want something different now you know a lot of people don't don't they've never interacted with the original drinks like Michelob Light they'll drink that they've had right. that because the light beers blew up Bud Light Miller Light Coors Light uh, Michelob all those light beers blew up Coors is way better than Coors Light oh yeah just the Coors Miller, Golden uh, yeah. yeah Miller is way better than Miller Light mm-hmm. they're like they're Miller High Life and, and right, the, like the real, yeah. Miller, the real the Miller the real Pilsners yeah. that just have the FYI. Budweiser is much better <clears throat> than Bud Light yeah but it's still rice and it still know, tastes I, like garbage. I know, I know. Coors is <laughs> not better than, than Light. Coors Light. Coors is mm. awful. <laughs> Agree to disagree. That's fair. I don't like Coors Light. My mom loves Coors I don't Light. like Coors Light And my mom either. is very likely watching. Um, so we're world famous on our end. We are world famous. <laughs> yes, we are. My mom is not watching Coors this. Light. Because then she it, has to use a to technological my palate, object. To yeah. my palate, the Light Pilsners don't have the flavor that the Pilsner Pilsners have. That's why I like stuff like... Lone Star and and Lone and Star is not a bad drink. Well, no, it's good, not. Yeah. But it's it's a traditional American pilsner. Yeah. It tastes like pilsner beer. Ian, as does High Life, as does Coors, and Coors tastes different than the other like American pilsners. But I don't like the light beers because they they are devoid of flavor. Ian, I'm not. And, and when I'm sorry, when they turned around and started hopping them up to give them flavor, right. They just ruined it. It just. Ugh. Oh yeah, I'm not. <laughs> 
I'm not going to say that I am influenced by advertising and marketing. Were, were you going to say dilly dilly? Are, are you going to say twins? <laughs> no, what, what I was going to say is that, well, well, Ian, you mentioned to me actually before the show, you're uh, riding in the MS-150. Uh, I am. This year. I and, am. Uh, and uh, I was wondering if you might want to think seriously about starting to drink Michelob Ultra. Yeah, because that's the athlete's choice. Yeah, because I've been watching television, and apparently if you drink Michelob Ultra, you become a better athlete. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't aware of this because I don't watch TV, so yeah. that doesn't actually <laughs> affect me. Well, now you know. You, you Damn you. You can't run, you can't hide. I was hide. so happy in my <laughs> ignorance. If you go to any run, of the fun runs hide. and fun rides, they have the tents. It is amazing. And there's nothing better they after really, a 30-mile ride than a Michelob you, okay, Ultra. Okay, you've got to... <laughs> If okay, I, so okay, I want to I want to back up for a second. There's a couple things that are funny about this. Um, so the first thing is yes, Michelob Ultra is marketing to athletes because of the calorie thing, mm-hmm. and it's brilliant of them, mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. Because I have friends that do triathlons all the time, and they drink that stuff because it is the beer that has that low alcohol. Now mm-hmm. I've also introduced those friends to some of the lower uh, uh, lower uh, calorie beers that we've had on here, and they are absolutely loving that. Mm-hmm. Now. Mm-hmm. That being said, at the end of my bike rides, because I'm riding with Eureka Heights, <laughs> you ain't drinking much no better, better beer. Much better beer <laughs> I actually, so last year I rode uh, the MS 150 and I did it with Eureka Heights. And then I went on a random, uh, uh, random um, sponsored ride after that and just went on out there on my own. I didn't even know anybody from Eureka Heights or anybody would be out there. So I'm out there and I'm pedaling away. And I hear someone yell my name, and it was the team captain from Eureka Heights. He's yeah. like, hey, meet us afterwards. I've got a, a, a thing set up. Dude. Hell yeah. I'm going to have to start riding bikes now. <laughs> this is sounding good to me. So uh. so I rolled in after my 50 miles or whatever I did. I rolled in, and I see the Eureka Heights 50 miles pop up going, yeah. Ah! What, yeah, yeah, yeah. Notice I just threw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> But hey, I might make it fifty miles if I knew there was Eureka Heights at the yeah. end. Well, you know, hey, you got to certainly. train sometime, right? It yeah, certainly exactly. helps. <laughs> All right, so. we're going to take a break. When we come back, <laughs> we're going to do a little more beer tasting. It will not be uh, Michelob Ultra. We're going to uh, jump in and taste. And and now you made a face when I said IPA earlier. Uh, You're not, I'm not an IPA a fan guy. of IPAs. All right, so it's but I will say, me. bravo to Eighth, Eighth Wonder. That is some yeah. really yummy it beer. Really that is good is. beer. It's good yeah, stuff. I agree. Well, it'll be interesting to me to see what you think of this next one. Matchless <laughs> Brewing from Tumwater, Washington, uh, has released Greetings from Tumwater. It's a fruited, hazy double IPA. Will we try? Okay, at some point back? in time. The names for beers have gotten so elaborate. At some point in time, we just need a beer called Fred or something. You know, like well, something yeah. I will say it's just a beer. I, I have one. <laughs> just I'll be br- a beer. This is a beer called beer. I have one that White I'll be label. bringing in, and don't ask me what it is because I don't remember. But I, I will be bringing one in. It's in my refrigerator right now. That has the longest name of any beer that I've ever seen. It's like it, does it it's wrap like, around? Yeah, it's like, like thirty times. or forty words. Nice. <laughs> it's, uh, so so it'll be really interesting. In fact, <laughs> I, I was thinking about bringing it this week, but I didn't know if I had enough room on the. What company the is it that notes. does that? That's uh, uh, what brand is it? That's um, got to be German. Uh, no, it's, it's they had it's a Christmas. American. They had a Christmas beer that was like sitting in a hotel. It's that same. It's, it's the, the same, same brand. Right? Right? Yeah, it's it's like, the same brand. Yes, I can't think I can't, of them yeah, off I'm the top of my head. Up. But we'll get to that in upcoming weeks. <laughs> in the meantime, <laughs> greetings from Tumwater. Next, we'll be right back with our uh, <laughs> next segment on the world famous smoking and toasting uh, with special guest um, Joe from uh, <laughs> from Old Bumble Distilling. We'll be right back. <laughs> Gentlemen, we're getting something. We are, and we've only had one cocktail and, and 
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toastin', and it is uh, show number 170. We are brought to you by um, the fine folks at... <laughs> I, you, you ever, like, do something that you've done a hundred times, and then your brain just completely... B&B loses? Butchers. Yeah, thank you. B&B Butchers a Restaurant. <laughs> 1814 Washington Ave uh, in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork uh, in Fort Worth. We love those guys, and, and they're, uh, they're absolutely awesome. The food is great, and... Uh, uh, visit any of their uh, any of their places. They're, they're, they they rock it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, just going to give a, a, a what's the opposite of a shout out? Like a shout down? A whisper in? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I'm I'm going to like basically do a, a big old fooey on timescall.com because there's this story that I had read on the uh, on the internet or read part of that I thought oh this would be interesting to share because it's, what it's about is that the numbers are in for craft beer for 2019 they're actually quite good yeah. the uh, the predictions were that this was the year that craft beer died oh it's slowing down and blah 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 and actually beer sales in general continue to decline craft beer continues to grow and nobody was predicting growth for craft beer in 2019. Everybody was saying, "Yeah, it'll it'll change and shift, but it's not going to grow." And it did, in fact, grow. And uh, it's it's a big deal. But Times Call, the uh, website that has this story, uh, their pop up won't go away. It's just as annoying as hell. So, hmm. oh, you know what? I I'll tell you uh, if I get a a website that does that, I just navigate away and don't deal with them. Yeah, ever I, again. I won't I won't ever go <laughs> yeah, back there like again. But I wanted to you, share that. I wanted to share up. that uh, that article and. I got, uh, I got a question for everyone out there listening. I want some uh, comments coming up here. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody out there listening that drinks the exact same beer every day all the time? Or every time you drink beer? Or maybe? every time you drink beer, this is the only beer that you drink. Wow. A lot of people do that with macro brews. I think that's the whole success of the macro brew is once you once you start drinking Bud Light and that's your beer, then you identify then you with it lock that's all it. you ever drink. Kinda or Miller Light, same thing. I mean, so. I'm, Hmm. I've had friends that that's what they do. Like Miller Lite was the beer, you know. So it's so interesting to me, and maybe it's dual product placement. But I was watching Ray Donovan on Showtime. Right, great show, by the way. But don't watch. I it haven't with the watched kids. it, but go ahead. Don't watch it with the kids. But it's a great show. Noted. Uh, but it is. Uh, uh, they were doing a flashback uh, episode. Ray and his family are from the Greater Boston area, and they were doing a flashback episode. It was clearly like the seventies. And I was noting, and a lot of it was set in a bar, I was noting that the beer cans had the, they, the, they, pull, tabs. the pull tabs on them, which is perfect for the time because that's how they were back there. It pulls completely off. But what was interesting to me is the character comes in and opens the refrigerator in his house and takes out a Budweiser and drinks it. And then he goes to the bar and he walks up to the bar and orders a Miller, a Miller Lite. Interesting. I just thought that was so interesting. That's that bizarre. They, that they crossed... The swords, because like you right. were saying, the usually macro fans lock into one yeah. and and don't do a lot of you know changing around unless what they want is not available. And yeah. it's not just with beer. And I th but I think craft is the opposite of that. In Very. fact, one of the struggles that you know Boston Beer Company, Sam Adams people, and mm -hmm. Sierra Nevada, and some of the great you know legendary craft brewers that have been around for a long time have is keeping people interested in their brand, even though their products are very, very good, because everybody's always trying what's new. Trying new mm -hmm. flavors, yeah. yeah. Trying what's well, new. Well, I think that's one of the one of the things about, I think, a more modern uh, more modern beer drinker, craft drinker, 
is they want flavor. They want to try different things. And it, I, mm-hmm. I find that's the same way with me. I go in, if I see something new, I'm like, mm, I want to try that. Mm-hmm. You know, yesterday I went into the uh, to the store and I ended up buying two old school ones that I really like. I bought the Dirty Bastard from uh, Founders, from which Founders, is yes. so good. It's so good, isn't it? Had that. <laughs> I have not. Oh, it's a Scotch and ale. Backwoods and so Bastard. Yum. Oh, yeah, that's the Dirty that's Bastard. That's wonderful. like uh, barrel aged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then I bought uh, a four pack of Maridsu, uh Their triple, which is you know like 10 11 mm-hmm. percent, and. Uh, <laughs> Just that, your usual like. Oh man, and and so I bought like the maltiest thing I could find, and the fruitiest thing I could find. It was absolutely wonderful. But back to back, by the way. Well, we were talking about uh, you know people craft beer fans drinking what's new. There are a lot of uh, breweries and Matchless. We're about to taste one of Matchless's uh, IPAs here. Matchless is one that has totally followed this trend, which is they just I, I don't even know how many of their beer. Styles, they even do year round. They just keep doing different things, new and crazy and different. And people try it and they go, "Oh, that's great! If you had this, if you had this." And by the time people even have a chance to even think about getting tired of it, they're putting out something else and then moving on. And you're seeing a lot of that happening. It certainly makes doing the show fun because we get to track down some of these beers and try it. And that's what we'll that's what we'll be trying here. So this exemplifies my uh, question that I uh, put out there earlier. Wiki Brian put on here, Real Ale, Devil's Backbone, and or Lone Star almost exclusively as my day-to-day. See, not a macro brew drinker. He has two different things that he's like this or this or then a bunch of other stuff. Well, I mm-hmm. have some I have some go-tos. And if you look in my refrigerator, if my refrigerator is stocked with beer, if you look in it, you're not going to see generally more than a six-pack of any one flavor. Right. You know, you're going to see... Is that you? I I, I I think it may be, <laughs> and I apologize. Taco Bell before the show, never a good idea. Uh, oh wow, we just blew them as a, a, a possible sponsor, didn't we? They owe us money now. <laughs> so we, we said their name. So on the I show. can say from my my tasting events, uh, when I go out to Specs and I do tastings, yeah, I've had several people. Every time we go out, we get. We, I always shoot for like one putback where mm-hmm. where they. They, they, they have a bottle a in their that hand, got? Yeah. and I get them to put the, that whiskey uh, down and take awesome. mine. Isn't I always a, take a picture, put a, it on my website. Isn't that a great feeling? Oh, it's great. Uh, last weekend, we had four different ones, and one ah, of them was a, so a Texas craft whiskey that people didn't believe they actually put back, and they actually put that uh, back. Okay, um, but uh, I've had several people, they taste my whiskey, they're like, that's really good, but I drink you know, Crown or Jim or right, whatever. Right, like, exactly. You don't yeah. have to be married to that mistake for the rest of your life. You can always try. <laughs> can I get one more glass? <laughs> I love the way you said it. You that. can always try something new. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, but that 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 ingrained habit of we always buy Jack or we always right. buy. And, of course, my whiskey is not a $14 whiskey. Well, and what, so, Sure. But one of the reasons people do that is... Because they know what they're going to oh, get. Yeah, it's a consistency get. thing. Yeah. If you buy a bottle of Jack Daniels, you know exactly you know what, you're, what get. you're getting. Yeah, yes. Regret yeah. and right. uh, something put with Coke. Uh, <laughs> Co- Coca-Cola's Just the kidding. They're, very, oh, no, they're a very good business. I love it. I love um, it. I love it. But, but also, my second bottle that you buy, it could be 18 months before you buy the second one. Right. Because most of my market is people, like you said, they're looking. They have six different whiskeys in their whiskey cabinet. Or right. with the and, craft and, beer drinkers, they have five different beers in their in their refrigerator, and, and they try like, something different. They're every likely time. to be sipping it too, so you very likely. you do you do like you know maybe it's not like the the guy that buys the bottle of Jack and 
three quarters of it's gone. Yeah, it's going to be gone tomorrow. The first night. Yeah, you know? I mean, unfortunately, all your friends whiskey this good. You know, you're not like shot, 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 shot. Break right. out old Hummel. Right, right. Like it's just it's not it's not the way no. you drink this. Absolutely. Right. Although, although, although I can't I say three you. people will tear through a bottle in a day. And well, a half. I was just I was just I about say, to say. I but. will say, however, if I'm at a bar and a whole bunch of people are like shot, 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 I never want it to be Jack Daniels. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, no. Like, because that, I, I honestly, I just think Jack Daniels by itself is not good. Well, like, it's not tasty to my palate. It, it, it's it great in yeah. certain mixed drinks. It's like in, in a Jack and Coke. I don't know of another whiskey that mixes with Coke that's quite as good as Jack and Coke. Maybe Crown and Coke. But Crown at least you can drink by itself. Jack and Coke's better than Crown and Coke. Yeah, I mean, Jack and Coke is the right thing for the right time, but I don't know about by itself. I've never liked it by itself. And for the record, if they want to add a very good local label to their brand stables, you know. You're all about it. They do have giant dump trucks full of money at Jack Daniels. I don't want to. I love those dump trucks. (laughs) I love those dump trucks. Uh, Listen, As long as we get to maintain independence and, you know, all the stuff and still make our whiskey. You were talking about when you get, like, three people together and you can make a dent. Mm -hmm. For me, it's when the family comes over. Oh, yeah. Because the kids and now the kids' wives all really enjoy – they've – They've been over to the house. They've been into the bar enough. They've learned to really appreciate good spirits. Yeah. So they'll come over, and I'm like, oh, yeah, let's have some. And before I know it, I'm like, what happened to my bottle of old Humboldt? Yeah, for but special it, occasions, get two. It's gone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that will, put a quick, that will put a quick dent. But yeah. uh, back up for a minute. Now, the first cocktail that we had was uh, from Bananas, your, your uh, Coraline. The straight whiskey. Straight whiskey. Yeah. What does a bottle of that go for? Uh, twenty five dollars is back. Twenty five dollars. Twenty four ninety nine to be dude, exact. Dude, you it's twenty eight dollars at the distillery. Like, nice. Thirty dollars out the door. Please, like, don't get mad at me for saying this. You really got to raise your prices. I, that's our goal that is, is to make people feel like they should spend more. That is, that's an incredible whiskey for that price. Thank you. Yeah. Our goal no is kidding. to make people feel like they should spend more. If you pay fifty dollars for a hundred dollar whiskey. You feel good if you pay a hundred dollars for a fifty dollar whiskey, whiskey. You're not buying you it twice. You do not feel as good. Yeah, right. you're absolutely right. You know, uh, I, I'm such so, a fan of whiskeys in the fifty and under price range because I feel like there's so many good ones, and there's a little bit of a a little bit of a like joy you get when you find a, a whiskey that you really like, and you go, "This is only twenty five bucks," right? And mm-hmm. you're a little like blown away by it. That's an awesome feeling. Well, you to know? me, like the bar setter. Is for for like a lower price whiskey is Buffalo Trace. Yeah, right. So you drink something else that's in that price range. To me, that's always what do I like this better, or is it not as good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that's saying a very positive thing about Buffalo Trace, by the way. Yeah, which oh, I think absolutely. is very good, particularly very good at that price range. But I'm going to tell you, this is better. Thank you. Yeah, uh, and we are. There's a there's a vast difference in expectation between $45 and $55 whiskeys. You get mm-hmm. above the $50 price point, you're right. expecting something more. Right. You're kind and of expecting this real experience. Right. And there's <laughs> not a lot more. Bill. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, there's not a lot more that the whiskey can necessarily bring to the table. There's, you know, aging periods and and different grain combinations and 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 wood combinations and climate combinations you can put into the whiskey to kind of give it different characters and different uh uh, uh experiences when Absolutely. you drink it. But 
it's really tough to get a whole lot more value out of and there's a lot of craft whiskeys that go $65 $70 for a bottle of whiskey or or $35 for a a, a half of a fifth Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's that's a tough market to get into when you start passing that $50 price point listen I'm standing in the rum aisle the other day and I'm looking at this rum and I mean it is it's beautiful it's $110 yeah and rum generally runs a little cheaper than Right, rum is usually whiskey, $50 right? or mm-hmm. below. And I'm thinking to myself, God, it might be like the greatest rum I've ever... I, it could be. If I buy it and take it home and try it, it could be the greatest rum I've ever had. But what if it's just rum. a $40 <laughs> bottle of rum priced at 110 Packaged really awesome. You know, right? packaged really awesome, right. It's like, how good does it need to be? Now... My favorite tequila in the world is like it's 150 bucks, mm-hmm. but it's amazingly it's worth it. An amazing 150. Yeah. Well, there's right. a, there's a thing though, like if you drink something that's ho hum at a hundred dollars, uh, yeah. But if that same bottle of ho hum hundred dollar whiskey was fifty dollars, just backing up what you were saying, then that's probably a pretty good fifty dollar right. bottle. You, you got to yep. value, and you got to, but you also have to remember it for a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that price to quality. So uh, I, there's a couple of uh, Wiki Brian comments on here. He uh, <laughs> he's the best. By the he way. said, "I definitely purchased more Buffalo Trace due to your recommendation." Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. Uh, guys, greetings from Tumwater. This is a fruited hazy IPA, which sounds like something I would love, but I'm not sure how Ian's going to respond to it. Uh, but we'll see how we both like it. Right. Um, it, it tastes like um, it tastes like. Grapefruit juice with some orange splashed in it. Or mango. Well, no wonder I like it. I, I You know, I wouldn't reach for this again, personally. Wow. I don't think it's bad. I just, it's not a flavor I really dig. See, I love this. But, but see, I like, so, I like the citrusy IBAs that don't, that don't come on as Vic strong Galaxy hops. from a hops Standpoint. Mango, is, pineapple, fruitier, guava. I nailed the more, mango, didn't more I? More fruity, less hops. Mango, pineapple, guava, passion fruit. I didn't pick up any guava. Okay, mm. so it's got a big flavor. Sure. It, it is It is it, very full in the mouth, the flavor-wise. It has a... It, it's big when I take the first drink. Mm-hmm. I dig this. I think this is spectacular. Like, I wish they would make this year-round. I mean, it smells okay. Maybe for a beer, period, not just for an IPA. Uh, I'm gonna it give smells this, pretty okay. I'm going to give this a 10 on the meh scale of Ooh. just another IPA. Mm. <laughs> now, 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 see, often you and I agree it's just a, a case of how much. Yeah. You know? Uh, like, uh, I'll love something, you'll say that's pretty good. Or, you know, or vice versa. Uh, but he, here's one where I think we're at complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, to me. I think this is fantastic. I wouldn't reach for this again. If you are but a I don't, fan, you know, I'm not a big IPA fan, so if you're a fan of the hazy fruity IPAs, this is one you've got to try because you know what? It doesn't come off sweet and it doesn't come off resinous. It's a real citrusy IPA. Like you said in the beginning, and you're absolutely yeah. right. It tastes like grapefruit juice and what did you say, grapefruit mango. and mango? Yeah. And for a beer to have that great of a fruit taste without being sweet. I think I think it's a major thing. I, I think it's amazing. But but see, for a beer to taste like grapefruit with mango, I guess that's okay. But that's like turkey bacon to me. 
Well, but but <laughs> you know but what I mean. On. Like I like but turkey, on. but I don't like turkey hang bacon. On, though. This is a like full bacon. fledged double IPA. I can tell <laughs> when I drink this that this is that this is not a this is not a light. This is a double IPA. Like it's mm-hmm. got it's got heft to it. It's got heft. I, it's it's a little bit like tang to me. I'd give it a nine out of a ten. This I feel like I feel like this could be made into a powder and astronauts would drink it. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe we. You know what's funny is that even when we disagree, we usually don't disagree that much. Uh, we're at complete opposite ends of the scale on this. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't not like it. Like it's not. So, I'm not offended by it. It's not a bad beer, but it's just it's not me. It's, the last time you and I disagreed this strongly on a beer, it was Bud Light with furniture polish. <laughs> Remember that <laughs> Bud Light lime that we all decided tastes oh, like lime. lemon. Yeah, <laughs> but but like nobody picked up. This is a blind taste test. Nobody picked up lime. By the way, it was yeah. all lemon, and not just lemon. <laughs> lemon pledge. Lemon pledge. Yeah. Furniture cream. Yeah. It was not good. This was this was our blind beer taste, uh, like blind light beer taste test. Right. And Ian's and it, I picked that as as one of my number ones because. At least it had flavor. Yeah, and, and as I said then, and I will say again now, yes, but the flavor is furniture polish. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I well, I, I couldn't insult this beer and say it tastes like that because it doesn't. It's 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 okay. It's just, to me, it's just, you know, it's just another fruity IPA. Matchless, you guys are amazing. Do not listen to this man. He doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to IPA. On my scale I- of IPAs, this is better than average. Oh, so, so this is interesting. On my scale of IPA. He's not an IPA guy. I, I, I can't say that I would buy it because I wouldn't buy IPAs. But right. if somebody bought an IPA, if, if I'm like, let's all go have IPAs. Everybody's going to drink an IPA. And this was at the bar. I'd order this one. This needs to come in a glass <laughs> with a little umbrella. Mm. Well, I think that's part of what they're going for. Have you seen the can? Well, I have seen the can, but beer doesn't get an umbrella, no, dude. No, but that's that's the vibe they're going for. This is a this is a tropical greetings from Tumwater, which is not a tropical place. But as you can see by the illustration on the can, that's the vibe they're going for. I don't I don't, I don't know why they call it greetings from Tumwater. I will agree the name doesn't match. Well, well, I'm sorry I don't like your beer before this you know deteriorates into arm wrestling. But it, um, <laughs> it's, it doesn't that 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 flavor is. is it's it's linger it's big it flavor and it's still go. there, and, and I'm uh, so glad that. Can it I won't. have another? I'm gonna have some whiskey. If you can I have another? All right, we'll do whiskey cocktail yeah. coming up next. And by I the way, I need something to get the flavor out of my mouth. Well, but, how about an imperial stout? Will that work for you, Mister? Like I don't like IPAs. Well, <laughs> no, I, you know there are certain IPAs I like. I it's just not this I one. Know, I it's know, just not Rance. this one. This one. And this see, one this to is, me is this is one of my favorites we've had in a while. Yeah, for for me that the the lingering flavor is not offensive. It's it's okay. I'm I'm okay with it. This makes me feel like I so, need to shave my tongue. Like it won't go away. No, but it's not yeah. it's not pine cone. It's not resinous at all. But it's a weird fruity stickiness that I can't get rid of. <laughs> I'm scouring it with I, Oh my god, that's good. I am going to I, I'm <laughs> going to bring you into the we'll fold that somehow. <laughs> I'm going to bring you into the fold on this IPA thing somehow. <laughs> I know I there will. There are certain ones I like. Give me anything from Stone. I know. You know, give me a two-hearted ale. But okay, but but in fairness, dude, a two-hearted ale with a rye whiskey back is amazing. By the way, I was watching the TV show Secession on HBO. Yeah. Guy walks out holding a Bell's two-hearted ale. I was like, ah, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that was product placement because I don't think Bell's. Give me can a ninety-minute IPA. Give me their hundred and twenty-minute IPA. Okay, but those and I want to put that on my nipples, and they're not even sensitive. Those are very <laughs> pine coney though. 
All the ones you just mentioned. Stone, Bell's Two Hearted. I, I wouldn't the, call that the pine cone. Yeah, this, they're much more resinous and hoppy than this. All right. All right. I didn't get a very hoppy flavor to it. We're going to agree to a lot of the citrus, but but I'm with you on that. It was not overly hoppy. All right, which is Uh, so I give this I I give this beer a solid meh, which is I I think it'd be better if you said you hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I would respect you more if you said you hated it. Hmm. We don't disagree on the show a lot. It's really interesting, (laughs) but but I can't let you like just dismiss this beer as meh. It's meh. It's, it's not. just another fruity IPA. It's it's not just <laughs> another fruity IPA. There's hundreds of them out there. I know that, and this is the hundred and first. Yeah, this is one of the. Or better this is ones. like number seventy six or something like that. It's one of the not best like... ones that we've had. <laughs> okay. All right, we I, I don't think so. I think I think we we've will... had better fruity IPAs. We let's see if we agree on that. I think we have style. better fruity, juicy IPAs than that. All right. <laughs> Uh, the, and and I'll acknowledge there are things I did like. like about it. I like that it's almost pulpy. I thought you were going to say you like that it's almost no. Gone. It's like orange juice, man. It's like <laughs> pulpy. It's all right. Well, <laughs> if they served you that for breakfast, would you be happier with that than orange juice? You have me there. I'd probably uh, yeah. And so, <laughs> all right, I got him to admit something. So this is a good time to take a break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to do a little uh, imperial stout. I believe. In fact, it's called Sins of the Father. It's from Crooked Fin. It's Crooked Fin's Brewing. And you're going to do another uh, we got cocktail, our last cocktail for us. Yeah. Uh, you want to uh, tell us what it is, or is it a tease? It is. Uh, well, we call it the Black Swan. The Black Swan. The Black Swan. Ooh, so that's intrigue right there. Be teased. We'll be, plus. Uh, 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 let me tease you with this How to use a flask on the golf course All coming up It's smoking and toasting As they say I'm down like four sweat packs On the beach in Hawaii Do they really say that? Welcome back It's uh, smoking and toasting And we are here on show number 170 170 uh, Joe from Old Uncle <laughs> Distilling is in uh, in the studio with us, and he's making whiskey cocktails. And we got Imperial IPA to try, and I'm wishing there was more of that IPA left. And uh, oh, oh, and this is important. Uh, this is, uh, and I'm, I'm going to just tell you this up front, and I'm going to read it more because I find it humorous than anything. Um, every now and then, you go on the internet and you discover an article that had no reason to ever have been written. Like it's just completely like. Like, it's all just so obvious that it's like... Scientists discover s- oceans are salty. Yeah, exactly. It's like somebody, <laughs> Five reasons why. Somebody had an assignment, and they had to come up with a story, yeah. and this is what they got. So on golf.com, which is not a place I go that regularly because I'm not a big golfer, uh, but here is an article entitled Whiskey Wednesday, How to Use a Flask on the Golf Course. So I thought, okay, this is good. Like, I, I, I enjoy Step taking a flask out one. from time to time. Yeah. Step Open one. flask. No, no, it's worse than that. Step even. two, drink contents. You want to know what step one actually is in the article, and I'm not making this up? All right. Step one, use a flask. Yeah. Okay. Does it count as a club along with the weed eater? It says, as the headline of the article <laughs> suggests, a flask should be a prerequisite to a pleasurable golf whiskey experience. That's true. So let's get that out of the way real quick. Yeah. Don't be the guy who drags an entire bottle of whiskey onto the golf course. Well. So I guess I guess they have a point. I mean. But, well, <laughs> it's a recipe for over-drinking. What is that exactly? There's no um, such thing. 
Uh, it's hard to share with others, and the most self-respecting golf courses won't allow it. Anyway, opt for a hip flask instead. So their their number one way to use a flask is use a flask. So what they're saying is bring three. I feel cheated. Have you that. seen the flasks <laughs> that are like 750 mil? Mm. No, but I want one. This is no lie. This, so this flask is giant, right? Because it holds a whole like. It bomb. would hold that entire bomber of the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was out with a friend of mine on an excursion, and at one point in time, and uh, I, we had been imbibing in the flask for a while. He goes, "I think I lost my flask," and all I could think was, "Did you look in your pockets?" Of course, I mean that's so funny because the flask is this tall, it's enormous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a ginormous flask. But it's, how do well, you lose that in the first place? And second off, it's that was funny. So, well, uh, interestingly enough. Interestingly enough, as you talk about the 750 milliliter flask, item number two on how to use a flask on the golf course, opt for a smaller flask. What? Yep. They say there's the uh, pragmatic reason. Smaller flask is easier to transport. But there's also another reason why smaller flasks are generally better, they say. Uh, Larger flasks mean more air will linger in the headspace of the flask. How long air will they... become stale, and it won't take long for that to negatively affect the taste of your like, whiskey. Does that happen in saying, seconds? Yeah, How long do they plan on storing their whiskey in a golf. flask? Golf.com, I told you. It's a, it's a crappy article. But wait I wanted say, to share it because I, I thought have, it was funny. I have airspace in my whiskey bottles. Does mm-hmm. that affect my whiskey? Uh, <laughs> according to them, it, it does. <laughs> I think they're stretching. They're reaching. All right. Number yeah, three. Get, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I get that question a lot in the distiller. Yeah. How long does the whiskey last after you open the bottle? Forever. Two weeks. <laughs> depends on how many friends you have. Yeah, that's right. That's depends right. on how good the whiskey is. That's right. Uh, it depends played. on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Nicely played. Uh, number three, don't leave whiskey in the flask between rounds. Uh, they say this is a big time rule. Uh, flasks are designed for the short term. If you leave whiskey in there between um, rounds, it may taste terrible the next time you reach for it. So this is this sounds a lot like the you know whiskey in the bottle mm-hmm. question that you were just saying. That's There's why your crown tastes terrible. Sagan. There's a difference. <laughs> Whiskey's not stored in a metal container generally. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it will generally impart some flavors in the long term. So I think maybe there's some validity to that. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll well, roll what with says that. you? That, that would explain why flasks of crown taste terrible. No. Because of the flask, because not of the, the crown. Flask. So I, I will tell you this, <laughs> This is a man who wants to sell his company one day. That's I will tell like. you this. All that being said. I really like Crown. I have a couple company, flasks at the they house. Have large yeah. dump trucks. That stay full. <laughs> yeah. So they're ready to go. And I go, bam. I just, you know, I bring so, my flask home and I refill it with whatever I had in. I got one that's like specifically Buffalo Trace. Right. Hmm. And because that's an easy And you just keep it full to, of Buffalo and Trace. And it just stays full of Buffalo Trace. And I you grab, grab it, it go. when you need it. My wife, as you know, is a big fan of the plantation pineapple yeah. rum. Uh, so often when we go out with a flask, that's what will be in the flask. Because I like it too. And I told her the other day, I said, plantation pineapple rum tastes better out of a flask than any other way. Like, there's something about it in the flask. <laughs> it just tastes amazing. You know what? There's something about drinking whiskey out of a flask, though, that I, I think it's the naughty factor. Maybe like you yeah. feel a little bit like you're getting away with something when you're drinking out of a flask. And it doesn't even <laughs> matter if it's perfectly socially acceptable. It still feels a little bit naughty yeah, when yeah. you're drinking yeah. out of a flask. Kind of I can say that the flask will impart flavor into the spirit, mm-hmm. but we're talking you're saying eight it ounces have to be, yeah. of spirit. And, I mean, 
it could be a long time for that flavor yeah. to get into it. And I don't know how much of it is noticeable. I mean, it can happen, but we're not talking about. Not between now and the is it, is it completely the negligible at this point? It, it may yeah. be. And stored over a year or something uh, like that. Maybe. I don't know. It's not generally recommended. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, it's three drinks. So, I will, I will, I let me put it this way. The flasks that I have, and I have a number of them because people give me flasks over the years for different things. Um, but I have two or three flasks. One of them always has rum in it. One of them always has uh, whiskey in it. And then the other one kind of alternates, which I actually clean out once in a while. But the one with whiskey in it, I don't think it's been without whiskey in it since I got it, which is probably, I don't know, five or seven years ago. Because when, hmm. when I use it, I bring you it home, it. I just refill it and set it back on the shelf. It would be an entry. I would be very curious to like take a flask that's been sitting with whiskey in it for a month. Right. And a bottle, and see how like different pour them into a glass. Challenge accepted. Do a, do a blind tasting. I would love to find <laughs> see, that. See, it's out. what I love about this guy. He is yeah. not afraid of a challenge like this. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, just what you were talking about, Ian, about refilling, uh, brings us to number four. And I, this one, I totally agree with. Always use a funnel. Oh yeah. Because it is a pain in the ass to try to pour. I never use uh, a funnel. I actually, I actually do the do the like. Oh, see, the, I use a funnel. Well, every if time. you put it just high enough above the tiny little orifice. The stream comes down and narrows a little bit, so you can aim it, mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. not like you're refilling a 750 mil flask, so it doesn't take that long. It's not going to wear your arm out. Use, use, I, I agree with use the funnel, but the trick of the funnel is you can't just sit it in the top of the flask because then it fills up and air isn't blah, getting blah, 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 it. Right. right. So you, well, have that's to just, why, you have to just lift it up just a touch, and then you can pour right into the But see, that's why I just works. go the direct route because any amount that you're going to accidentally spill because you're not using a funnel – you're going to spill because you're using a funnel because you can't see how full it is anyway. Number five, which you only do with one of your three flasks, clean your flask thoroughly. Well, I, I do. Yeah. Don't like, assume that do it's Do you clean. clean the inside of your whiskey bottles? Does the inside of a whiskey bottle get dirty if you leave the whiskey in it? I don't know. Whiskey does not collect mold. Reminds me of one of yeah, my... Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's ridiculous. Now, if you're putting... Ridiculous fruity IPAs in your flask. Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you if you leave your flask empty with water, you know you rinse it out, you leave it empty, that it can collect yeah. mold on the water. On the water, but the right. whiskey won't collect mold. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is you store whiskey all the time, a half full bottle of whiskey. There's airspace there. Who cares? It does. Whiskey doesn't care, right? So, right. and if I fill my flask and leave it full of whiskey, that's as pretty much antiseptic as it's going to get. It does remind me of one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg jokes. He says, I bet the inside of a bottle of cleaning solution is really clean. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. Uh, R.I.P. That guy was hilarious. Right. So there's your five rules. That's it. That's, that's the whole article. That's I, I, I only brought it because it's like in all of the like, time that I've looked for articles that might be interesting to bring on the show. That's the most disappointing article. That gets the lame article ever. award, yes. and here's the sound for it. Yeah, it totally, it totally works. It totally yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't give me that sound for my matchless uh, IPA. <laughs> I'm not, because it wasn't a bad beer. It's just ho-ho. Oh, don't, let's don't go back to it. Let's, let's move <laughs> forward. Again, okay. you, you were making a cocktail oh, yeah. here, sir. Uh, so let's, let's, see what we, let's see what we're All doing right. here. We have distracted I know. our guests. Shame on us. 
Because he's making cocktails. So the cocktail now, is made with our special reserve whiskey. All right, is that what you poured into the shot glass? That is here? what we poured in the shot glass. Right, so our so, special reserve whiskey. Yeah, how is this different from uh, the first whiskey? That so we our straight whiskey is aged five years in used bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. Our special reserve is aged five years in used bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very different. As you can see here. The label's black. Yes. Yeah. And finished in a new five-gallon bourbon barrel. Okay, that's delicious. I just took All right. some of it straight out of the shot. So it's got so a... That's so good. delicious. Damn it. Oh, that that's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> Is that why? And I did it twice. <laughs> I Sorry. knew there was a reason we couldn't have nice things. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to tell you something, and this may surprise that's you. why I have a bar towel. It's not the first time yes. that beer or spirits have been spilled well, in was, this studio. That was hot coffee. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, in there you go. In my thermos. <laughs> and... The thing that draws this thing together kind of blends really the two pulls flavors. The cocktail together. You think it does? Is now, see, I always worry about half and dairy half. in cocktails because I, I I do because like the one cocktail you don't want to over imbibe on in my mind is like a White Russian. As delicious I, as they are, I went out. You never want to get. I went out one night really for Halloween. On those. As as <laughs> Jeff Lebowski. And that would be chocolate bitters. Yeah. And I will tell you a couple things about that evening. First off, it's awesome just wearing a bathrobe everywhere. And that's your your whole Halloween costume. A bathrobe and sunglasses, man. That's awesome. Uh, The second thing is, I did drink White Russians all night, and that does not feel good in the morning. It sure doesn't, does it? Man. Yeah. Like, that's Mm. not. Like I said, you do not want to ever get drunk on White Russians. All right. So y'all had the whiskey by itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it, it smells awesome. It's the, the special reserve whiskey. It's a little bit darker. It's a little mm-hmm. bit deeper. The new barrel gives it a little bit more more color and a little bit more flavor. It's not, I don't, I don't go out and say it's better or worse. It's different. It has more of a rounded flavor. And what I was saying earlier about matching the whiskey to the drink, the whiskey to the cocktail, this whiskey is a little bit heavier, so it mixes better with the coffee, which has a little mm-hmm. bit more robust, robust flavor yeah, to it. Bigger. I balance out the the bitter with the coffee, with the smooth, with the whiskey, with the cream, and then add a little bit of kick with the uh, walnut or uh, chocolate bitters. Mm. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost want to take a, a, a touch of cinnamon and just sprinkle a little on there for not that only be for good. the looks, mm. but just that super, super tiny hit. This is delicious. That is a breakfast drink if I ever had mm. one. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Really good, and we are a certified breakfast whiskey, by the way, from the National Breakfast Whiskey Association of America. Awesome! I, there is such a thing. Yes, I invented. Well, wow. <laughs> me and a buddy of mine. The I Texas, love that. The Texas Restaurant Association had an event at nine o'clock in the morning when they started their convention, mm-hmm. and we were passing out samples of whiskey at this event. And everybody's like, "It's early. It's breakfast. I haven't even had my." breakfast yet and they're like you know what we're a breakfast whiskey they're like really like hold on a second (laughs) carl do you want to start the national breakfast association of whiskeys he's like yes good you're the president greg at the booth next to me i said do you want to be the texas chapter president he said sure like there we're a breakfast whiskey (laughs) so it is a is an official we have chapters and presidents (laughs) and everything else it's kind of like and i may have mentioned this earlier in the show we're world famous yeah Hi, Mom. Yeah, hi, Mom. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like that, though. It's fact. Um, this is delicious. Now, I've got fans t- in New Zealand. Tell so. me again. Well, see, there you go. I told you uh, we were heard around the world. Worldwide. Uh, tell me again what's in this. All right, so that is 
one part whiskey. Yeah. One part coffee. Yeah. Uh, 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 half and half. To, That's what was in the cup. Yeah, half yeah, and half, half to half, balance yeah. it out. So uh, two parts, half and half. And chocolate and then bitters. Chocolate bitters liberally applied. Mm. Oh, this is and so it, good. It, it tastes like a warm hug. It mm. does. It's so good. I like when things can be described in that sort of a way. Mm-hmm. You get, there's like there's just hug. enough of the the whiskey in there. It's mm-hmm. it's not quite a white like, Russian. It's not quite a right. Uh, it's, it, it's 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 more got whiskey that, than a white yeah. Russian. Yeah. yeah. And this whiskey in particular is really good with our eggnogs that we had over the over the Christmas holidays, um, and also uh, uh, warm milk and honey. Mm-hmm. This whiskey goes. In, this whiskey that goes whiskey is really good in creamy. Oh yeah, it's terrific. Heavier cocktails. Mm. Nice. The old humble dude abides. Cheers. I'm going to introduce my wife to this because she's going to freak out and start making them all the time. Your wife will love that. You know, this would be a perfect place to end the show, except we have an Imperial Stout we have to taste. Except. I'm excited about that. Beer. (laughs) You've noticed, by the way, that we only use the highest tech sound effects on the show. Yeah, clearly. I love the... uh, I love the label on this. I'm going to put this on Twirly Gig for uh, just a moment so we can It's really a wonderfully done uh, beer label. It's fantastic. uh, Crooked Fence. Crooked Fence Brewing Brewing from Idaho, from uh, Garden City, Idaho. Idaho. Imperial Stout Ale, Sins of Our Fathers. That is just about all the information they give you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 10%. Mm -hmm. Unfiltered. There you go. Unfiltered. Nicely done. Is unfiltered unusual for like a stout? Uh, a lot of beers are filtered just for clarity, but if you're putting it in a brown bottle, who cares? Does yeah. it mean it'll be chewy? No, this this might, beer is not. Might have residue at the bottom the, of the bottle. Mm-hmm. This is not a very thick beer. It is very dark, but it's not a very like thick kind of beer. While you're pouring this, and because we're drinking this uh, this cocktail, which has such a great coffee vibe to it, I'd like to mention something. We had, um, I want to say five or six episodes ago, uh, we sampled St. Arnold's French Press yes. uh, on the show. And we were a bit dismissive of it. No, we didn't dislike it, but we weren't, we weren't, we, we didn't go crazy uh, over it. Well, the can that I brought in for the show that day was a can of a six pack that I had bought. And so it has, uh, uh, subsequent ones have wound up in my refrigerator, and I gotta say, after having several more, Ian, I like that a lot. Are you better. liking it? Yeah, something. It really has grown on me, and I've grown to enjoy it. Now, I'm not a big coffee, you know, beer person to begin with, but I enjoy it on occasion. And I gotta tell you, I've really enjoyed the rest of that six pack. Some, Very much. Some things will grow on you. Uh, it's like the second Big Head Todd album. Like when I first heard it, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. When I first heard it, I went, eh. But then I started listening to it, and now it's one of my favorites. Sometimes things are like that. I don't know. The French press, I haven't had that many times, and I thought it was nice enough. But when I when I reach for a coffee beer, the real old coffee porter just hits all the buttons. So I, and I'm with you. That it's is really so good. good. I'm really good. I'm really yeah. good. Every yeah. time it's so good. It like beats out all the other coffee beers that I know of. Um, 
Except for when you do something really strange, like the Vietnamese coffee, uh, the rocket fuel, the rocket fuel. That's that's mm-hmm. so different that it's not quite the same category. Again, There's a few other wonder. coffee ones out there that are pretty good, but well, I will tell you that that Vietnamese coffee uh, rocket fuel. It really does taste. I mean, there's some great Vietnamese restaurants uh-huh. here in Houston that do Vietnamese. We coffee. do have some great Vietnamese and restaurants. It is, man. It, it that is exactly what that tastes. We like. have great coffee in Houston. Do. Period. This, this you know where to look. Beer. And by the way, I just want to mention this because Lewis Black did a whole like 15 minute routine on this on one of his albums. On the, the Starbucks, Starbucks yes. across the street from each yeah, other. the Starbucks yeah, across the street from the Starbucks. <laughs> he called it the end of the universe yes. as we know it. Yeah. That was hilarious. I saw that when it was uh, when it first came out as a uh, special on HBO or yeah, whatever, right, or a Showtime special yeah. or whatever. I saw that, and I I was sitting in my living room. I lived over off Caroline, kind of in the uh, in the museum district at the time. <laughs> I was sitting in my living room. I remember it totally. And he started going into that spiel. And when he talked about walking out of the comedy club, I knew exactly what mm-hmm. was about to happen. Mm-hmm. Because there is people, if you're not in Houston, there is actually a spot at the corner of... Super uh, busy intersection. Gray, West Gray yeah. and, uh, Shepherd. and Shepherd. Yeah. Shepherd. And if you're standing in the middle of the street at that corner and you look over by the Barnes & Nobles, you will see, this is to the right, facing Shepherd. you look over to the right by the Barnes & Noble, you will see a Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. And then if you turn around and look over to the left... In the strip center with the natural paws and the sunglass hut, you will see a Starbucks coffee. Yeah. yeah. This is not a joke. It's actually a real thing. Yeah, yeah. And everybody will be honking at you because you're in the middle of the street. There is that because it's very busy, very busy. I was going to say, both of the Starbucks <laughs> are always busy yes. all the time. Yes. That is an extremely busy intersection. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that, but, but that cracks me beside up. Beside that, Houston is... A major coffee <laughs> port, and no, we have right. some we, really good we have coffee. Some in great, like yeah. real yeah. coffee places. Yeah. Yes. New Orleans is also a really good coffee port, and uh, one of my uncles told me what, last time I went to Natchitoches, Louisiana, where my family's from, that they have some really great coffee up there in uh, Louisiana. It's this uh, new stuff that, that was a uh, community coffee. I'm like, yeah, we've got a roaster yeah, yeah. right there on the east side. Houston's but, a big city, but <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the New Orleans coffee though has got the chicory in it, which yeah. is a which is obviously a big deal in New Orleans, but a lot of people a very from other places flavor. are not prepared yeah. for that, you know? And, and I can say that the coffee I used for this is community coffee. No, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. I didn't get too fancy. What do we think about this beer? What do you um, think? <laughs> well, I'm wondering if it, it didn't connect with me the way I was expecting it to first sip, and I was wondering if it was because I'd come off the cocktail, hmm. which had such a full... Sort of like coffee flavor vibe. I almost felt like I needed a palate cleanser. So I'm thinking now I may go back and I've got just a little bit of the Shiner Bach left. I may try this as a palate cleanser. So here's what I think. My initial idea off the nose was it smells a little weird. It smells a little bright for a stout. It smells a little hoppy for a stout. And then I took a sip and it tastes exactly like what I smelled. Mm-hmm. It's a little too bright, a little too hoppy for a stout. Now that doesn't necessarily mean I don't like it, but it does you were mean expecting that something it's, deeper, I was though. expecting a stout. Mm-hmm. And this, to me, is a lot like the uh, Guinness Forest, uh, the Guinness Foreign Extra Stout. Um, if you've ever had that beer, which I don't particularly like, um, but this is a lot like that. Although I like this better than that. Um, 
this is not what I expect in a stout. I don't think it's bad beer. It's not what I expect in a stout. I probably wouldn't grab for it again. For one thing, it's way more carbonated than I'm expecting this stout to be. I think it's too carbonated for the flavor. I am interested. I'm going to pour a little bit of this. And let it sit for a minute. And we're going to let it warm up. And uh, since this is our, this is towards the end of our Yeah, you'll have to do it. So I'm going to actually work. manually do this. And by manually do this, I mean mm-hmm. do it with my hands. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm curious to see what happens if the if if some of that carbonation. I think it's too carbonated for one. Joe, what do you think? I agree with him. It's bright, it's hoppy. You're not it's used carbonated. to the word bright going it's, with an imperial it, stout. It, yeah, it at tastes all. like what I smelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm okay with it. it. I mean, I like stouts. I, I mean, I've had stouts that are like really syrupy. This is not right. one. This is not that at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't. This is not a chewy stout. It's a no. It's a bright. It's almost a fizzy relatively stout. hoppy, <laughs> carbonated stout. I I'm, don't I'm, think I'm okay the, with it. I don't think the malt profile in here is big enough to carry it as a stout. Like I think it's just too hoppy. Mm. This this to me is like what they did what what the american barley wine is like a really hoppy barley wine is kind of sucks this is like a really hoppy stout and it's kind of yeah you know i don't I, the more i drink it the less i actually am liking it as it warms up it gets more chocolatey i kind of want to pour whiskey in it and see what happens <laughs> see we, you're we a have, bad, you're we a bad have influence we, we have right? whiskey on hand i know okay. <laughs> you're you're a bad influence this oh my god Speaking of matching the whiskey to the the cocktail, mm-hmm. this with the heavy base and the 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 chocolatey kind of after. I don't know. Do you it's like? It's not very syrupy. It's kind of bright and hoppy, but it. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it, just, it very it? well might. Ian, I'm 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 going to tell you, it's not my favorite stop. However, I just went from a drink of this to a drink of the whiskey. Wow. Go there. Because now I'm getting chocolate out of the whiskey. The whiskey makes a really good back for it, I have to yeah. agree. Hmm. Wow, it sweetens up the whiskey a lot, doesn't it? Does. It does. And, and it's get, weird because it's not these, a sweet beer. And you get these chocolate uh, 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 sort of uh, finish vibes that I did not get in the whiskey at first. Maybe it's just the remnants. Finishes in from Finland yeah. or finishes in at the end? Finish at the end. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good question. I don't think this beer has enough body for me. I think if you're going to have an imperial stout, I, I don't know if it's because the beer itself doesn't have enough body or if it's too hoppy at the end to where it negates the body of the beer. I think I initially think it doesn't have enough body. Honestly, this comes along. This comes across hoppier than the IPA. Yeah. Well, hmm. to me, you know, there are days where we like everything on the show. Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and put this as a uh, – I'm not really for this beer. Your your favorite beer on the show today was the Brew GK. Yep. So this is hoppier than your average – than the average stout that I experienced. Def- definitely, yeah. The IPA was less hoppy than the average IPA mm-hmm. that I experienced. I actually like – I think I'm more okay with this as a as a stout. Yeah, I think I'm okay with this. I'm trying like to get this. rid of some of the fizz in this and try it with less fizz. <laughs> I'm agitating it. You know, what's <laughs> interesting is that, and I appreciate this, Ian's trying really hard to like this more. 
Like I kind of want it because the artwork yeah. is amazing. The artwork is just too in cool. Some serious effort. Yeah, way yeah. more effort than you put in with the IPA. Yeah, for sure. But you know, <laughs> now was, even without the fizz, to like happen. I took all the fizz out of that. Yeah, like look how flat that is now. You can see like right. It's totally yeah, there's flat. no fuzz there's at all. Left. Yeah. Now it it doesn't have. It's it's the malt and the hops seem to be fighting each other in there, and the hops is winning, and that shouldn't happen in an imperial stout. Hmm. Like I to, just think it's I just think it's wrong. Do yourself a favor. Go back to the whiskey. I did. The whiskey's so chocolatey. But now we're going to try this. Mm, do you have enough left for that to make a... Uh, Just a touch. Hmm. We're doing what you like to do, which is playing Play. with the whiskey. Yeah. No, that's terrible. <laughs> I just poured the last of my uh, whiskey into my Imperial Stout, and that's terrible. Ah. See, I have some left. See, I, this is one of those. This is a weird one, but this is a stout that I'm not... A fan of I don't I don't think it's good. I think this may be the first stout we've had on the show that you have not responded. Am I just having well, and that would day? make sense compared to the the standard. Right, it's hoppier and less malty. No, honestly, this if is you're way expecting the standard, it would be different than what you're expecting. Way different than what I expected. This cocktail is substantially more gratifying than that stout. <laughs> that on, cocktail is delicious on every level. Like this has mouthfeel, it has good flavor, it has body. It has a nice finish to it. The stout just has a giant hoppy finish on a stout. It's weird. Well, Joe, in a day when we couldn't agree on the IPA, um, neither Ian nor I were blown away by the stout. It almost tastes like a, a malty lager. Brian put yeah, up here, uh, according to the website, it's only a hundred. It's only 20 IBUs, not hoppy at all. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, no, it, that's that's hoppy. That, that like, tastes t- like you're you're tasting hops all the way through there, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, are you guys not getting that, or is it just I, me? I, I I know what you're talking about. I don't know if I would have singled out. Yeah. Hops, I mean, but. like it's. Hmm. <laughs> he also Brian also put at least the show never gets off track. <laughs> <laughs> and thank God for that. <laughs> I think I, he's. I guess that was what we were talking about coffee because he goes now it's smoking and toasting and roasting. <laughs> yeah, smoking and toasting. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. You were what, talking. What did we, we get off track last week? Disagreeing about what, the what, lager. Oh, last the, week I told the story of the muffin lady. Remember the that? Lady, that the was muffin hilarious. lady in her hitman. So uh, Brian brings up a point here. He goes, Victory Storm King, Storm King 100. Uh, sorry, I keep saying 100. Victory Storm King, 65 IBUs. Great uh, great divide by uh, uh, the Yeti uh, 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 stout is 75 IBUs. Mm-hmm. So he says this must just have a really weak malt bill. And that's that's what I was I'm thinking. It must I, just I, it doesn't be. have enough. And because you're such a malt guy. I can see why this doesn't appear. And it's to watery much. too. Like like in the in the uh glass, it's just it looks it's so fizzy and watery. Like I'm gonna hold this up to the camera and just swish it. It just and it doesn't even stick to the glass. Like but see, but see I wanna point out that as much as this is disappointing to you, Joe's thinking it's pretty good. I'm a, I mean I'm okay with it. Yeah. I also like Pilsners. Right. And so, this is I'm, I mean, stouts, I'm, I'm a fan of stouts, but they're not my go-to. Pilsners, I like Pilsners a lot. Mm-hmm. I like the lighter, brighter flavors of a Pilsner. Maybe if this was introduced to me as a uh, dark Pilsner. Oh, I bet you'd have been crazy about it. Maybe that's. Maybe it's because I have this, uh, this idea of what a st- imperial stout should be. 
I mean, it's an yeah. imperial style. It's not even just a stout. It's an imperial style. Yeah, it's supposed which to be means like it's, yeah, big and bad. But this to me, and I and and I think the initial turnoff too is is a stout with that much fizz in it is just not. No. All right. So I compared the Shiner to the, uh, the, the 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 stout is definitely maltier than the Shiner, but. Yeah, because but the shiner's not a, killing the malt bill with hops. Right, right, right. Ian, hand me the uh, the bottle of Sin of Our Father. This is uh, Crooked Fence Brewing. You're right. There's not a whole lot. It is unfiltered. Not there's much. Not a whole lot of information on, on here. Uh, brewed and bottled in Garden City, Idaho, by Crooked Fence Brewing Company. Please recycle, and that's about it. Ian, I'd like you to try this for just a moment. It's a dark pilsner. Let's see what happens. Try that and tell me what you think about it. As a dark pilsner, it's actually not bad. So a lot of this, then, is your expectations because I said, hey, we got an Imperial Stout. Check it out. Compared and to the And you're class. thinking about, and I don't blame you. I would do this, too. Like, you're thinking about what you perceive an Imperial Stout to be. I and have an this is not measuring up. Yes. This I bourbon tastes like rum. Right. Right. <laughs> it may right. be a very good rum, but right. it's a terrible bourbon. Right. <laughs> no, and, and I'm with you. I like rum, but if you're telling me it's bourbon, right. I'm going to be like, eh, it's not a great bourbon. This cigar tastes like apricots. Yeah. <laughs> be a good apricot. Um, well, you that's, know, I, that's really So I don't know. Like, like I, I take a sip. I'm trying to take a sip with a brand new, fresh idea. Right, right. If I take it for what it is. Just literally, like, I've never seen a label. I don't know what it is. It's not a terrible beer. It's not a bad beer. It's actually drinkable, but it's not an imperial stout. Like, that's, it's weird. It's too over, it's it's not, uh, it's not malty enough. It's not, uh, it's, it's way too fizzy. It's, it's bizarre if you're calling it an imperial stout. But as a. Beer in general, it's not bad. As but as a uh, dark pilsner, it's not too bad. As a dark pilsner, it's actually pretty good. And I've gotten the same thing with my special reserve. People ask me how does it com- what how does it compare to insert bourbon name here? Right. Well, it doesn't because they're two different classes of whiskeys. Right. The bourbon tastes like if you're expecting a bourbon and you drink this, you're not going to get that's right. whiskey. You're going to be dissatisfied because it, right. it's, it's not it's not going to meet your expectation. Right. right. Exactly. Um, so tell us uh, real quick um, about your move, uh, oh, your yes. expansion, and what this is going to mean for your uh, distillery and tasting room. It's going to mean everything. Okay, so what we're doing, we've been working on this. It should have been, uh, the original plan was over the summer. Pause. We'd be moving. Last time we talked to you, you were selling out everything you could possibly make mm-hmm. and you were talking about building this new place so i just wanted to give everybody a little bit of background right, that's right. and right. so you had to come up with something bigger i'm sorry go ahead right. now. well we're, we we need to move into a bigger place in order to expand the business because uh we didn't have a proper tasting room we didn't have uh the facility wasn't conducive to being able to make large quantities right. so we we couldn't keep up with we, we absolutely couldn't keep, keep up, up with demand. demand yeah so uh, we finally got the new facility being built out or built out now. We have four walls. We have a floor. We don't have a parking lot quite yet, but we're almost there. The weather is holding for the next couple of days. We should have a parking lot. 
So we're moving from a 1,500 square foot facility to a 2,500 square foot facility, 1,600 to 2,500. The extra space is going to be our tasting room. It's going to be office space. It's going to be storage space. We're going to be able to have uh, a stage in the tasting room. We're going to be able to have a bar. We're going to be able to have drinks. We're going to be able to do all the things in the new place that we couldn't do in the old. We literally could not do it. You couldn't just come to the old place and hang out because we didn't have a place for you to hang out. Right. Uh, we couldn't do shows because we didn't have a place to do shows. We'd have to put up a tent in the parking lot and do it outside, which limits us to you know three months out of the year, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the new place, uh, not only that, but it also has the power needs that we need, the water needs that we need, uh, the drainage needs that we need uh, in order to be able to make large quantities of bourbon that we're looking to make, larger quantities of bourbon that we're – I mean, we're never going to be large quantities of bourbon. Uh, like the the big industrial guys. Uh, so the new place is going to uh, give us all this kind of opportunity. We're currently in between our old place and our new place. Everything's in storage. And we're mm-hmm. in the process of moving over. As soon as we get a uh, parking lot and electricity, we'll be able to move stuff in. Uh, permits are going to be moving over uh, and all that stuff. We expect to be open sometime in March. Uh, late February, early March. No, not far far at all. And it's terrifying because it's like coming (laughs) whether I like it or not. Are you doing all this work yourself? Yes. Well, yes. (laughs) Uh, I get volunteers to come out and help. Uh, I don't have a truck, so I've got good friends with trucks. Uh, I'm the same way. We'll call in movers and things like that. But uh, the build-out for the tasting room and the office space is going to be done. uh, Me and a contractor – Family, friends, and and friends of family. Uh, All this stuff, you know, we're a small operation. We don't have, you know, it's not like we can helicopter in a prefab building and drop it on the ground and and be up and running in two days. We This this takes time. It's got to be built up. Yeah, Yeah. we're working our way through it and and kind of uh, metabolizing the whole process as we go. It looks like everything's on track for our super grand opening on Memorial Day. Nice. uh, Which is our annual anniversary party. Mm-hmm. And uh, we may even be able to do a soft opening a little bit before that to kind of work out the kinks. But uh, one thing that we're looking to release immediately is, well, we're, we're going to have Boomtown Bourbon, our bourbon that I've been talking to you all about Love before. This, right? It's yeah. delicious. We opened it. Uh, our last batch came out the weekend before Thanksgiving, and it sold out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, the day before. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was five days. We sold it out. Uh, the next batches will be much larger, but in the meantime, between March and October of next year, we'll be able to sell white Boomtown bourbon. Ah, very so interesting. So it'll be it'll be aged, but it won't be aged the full six to nine months. Right. So you'll be able to bring it home, and you can get two bottles and a liter and a half barrel and age it at home over the course of a week. It's not and you moonshine, can have but it's related. Well, it's. Full on bourbon. Yeah, it's right, true, right. honest to goodness bourbon. The little barrels are fun, right? By you, the way, and have, you can age it at home. They're they're a little expensive, but they're really fun. Uh, I've seen these at different events. Mm-hmm. What's the brand? Uh, Deep South Barrels is the Deep one in South Pasadena, barrels, but the they've one, got yeah. a bunch of them around Texas, and, and around you can the get States. them in different sizes. So you mm-hmm. can actually take a whiskey you already have and barrel age it mm-hmm. at nice. home nice. in a brand new Deep South barrel. Now it's not a magician's hat. It will not turn bad whiskey into good no, whiskey. No, no. It but will it turn six-year-aged whiskey into ten-year-aged whiskey. Right. <laughs> and people have to understand, too, that sometimes when you change the flavor on something, 
it changes it not necessarily better or worse, but different. And sometimes that's cool too. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And in in addition to that, being able to bring home the couple of bottles of white whiskey and the liter and a half barrel, we'll also be able to do the bottle of white whiskey with a charred coil, a charred oak coil, and you can just drop it in there. And over three days, you'll be able to age it. You won't have to wait until October. Ah, very cool. So yeah, that's pretty fun. We're, we're going to do some things so you can get the bourbon in your hands now, and you won't have to wait until October. But if you really, really, really want to wait till October, you can wait till October. By the summer, um, so if I people just, will... If I just burn a piece of oak in my... Uh, you could do that. I can just toss it in there. You could totally do that. You could take a, <laughs> you go to Home Depot, get some oak siding, uh, oak uh, trim, whatever. Put it in your uh, 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 grill, char it, and drop it in a bottle. Or you could do what normal people do and just buy it. <laughs> uh, oak and Eden. Uh, I love the bottles you, of Oak and Eden. They I actually have those charred love, by the way, in it. Yeah. I absolutely love that you indulge me on that and with a totally serious face the entire time. I mean, yeah, if you want to. <laughs> awesome. You can you can totally go out and buy absolutely a pair of boots, cover them in concrete, and make a planter, or go buy a planter. You <laughs> can do both things. Well said. <laughs> well said. By the summer, we'll be able to come out and hang out in the tasting room. Absolutely. I'll, dude, that's very awesome. Exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, very that's, exciting. The, that's the goal. Now, love it. History shows. Yes. Everything takes two months longer than I expect it to. Mm-hmm. We completely and totally want to be open by Memorial Day, fully operational, open, producing the bourbon, uh, cranking out all our products and doing all the stuff that we do and having the proper tasting room and doing the events, you know, trivia nights, uh, uh, regular shows that we'll cycle people through. Uh, we'll have the, 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 the big shows with cover charges to come into the, the Wildcat Lounge, as we're calling right, it right, now. Right. Or you can be a member of the Roughneck Social Club, so you don't have to pay the uh, nice. uh, cover charge. The Roughneck Social Club, you can go through our website. Uh, it's $100 for an annual membership. It goes from May to May. It's uh, uh, the, the initial membership starting now. You can use coupon code FOUNDER, and you get a 10% discount. I think it's a 10% oh. discount. I'm 90% sure it's a 10% discount. See what I did there? 90%, uh, 10%, yes. <laughs> uh, and, that, Love it. and that initial membership lasts until May of 2021. Uh, and then, you know, we're going to – I've met a lot of talented people over the last couple of years. We're going to have uh, uh, burlesque shows, side shows, comedy shows, bands, singer-songwriters. Uh, uh, we've got uh, people who make podcasts, people who do uh, movie review stuff. We have trivia nights, all kinds of stuff that we'll be able to – cycle through the tasting room and, and and just have a reason for people to just come and hang out. Where's the new place located? So uh, two miles east of downtown Humble is a old neighborhood that didn't quite get built called Continental Plaza. That's almost to uh, almost to uh, Atascacita. Right? It is almost to Atascacita. The next stop is a, is the main the intersection of Atascacita. Oh, right, right. Yeah, well, Timber Forest is the next major road. Right, right. Uh, and this is an old neighborhood. It was uh, started in the late 80s. It never got off the ground because the guy stole all the money and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's totally not haunted. It's always uh, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's totally, totally not, haunted. not haunted. It's been empty for years. Uh, all the lawsuits have been settled, uh, and now ours is the first building built in this old place. Well, nice. good, good luck with all of the uh, construction and with uh, getting everything ready. One of the golden rules I've discovered in life is that everything always takes longer than it's supposed to. Yes, that's what I've heard. And by the way, today's show is... No exception. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much uh, for being here. We, we we do tend to prattle, huh? We well, you know, we're it's it's been one of those shows, you know. Uh, in you really know, quick uh, before we go, I, I want to try something uh, really okay. quick. Oh. 
I want you to try this, but I want you to. This is an astronaut approved mango drink. Astronaut approved mango what, drink. Tell me what you feel about that. I think that is a really delicious IPA. <laughs> I do. I know you're trying to get me to say that it's tang, and I know where you're coming from because uh, the carbonation has. You did say it would down. be good in a mimosa. Mm-hmm. It would be good in a mimosa. <laughs> it would be good in a mimosa. And uh, Ian, I uh, hope you know what you're getting for Christmas. You're getting a case of uh, a case of, of the uh, of the matchless. Because uh, you know <laughs> I'm going to invite you over so I can get rid of it, right? That's right. Well, why do you think I'm giving it to you? <laughs> Um, hey, now, Joe, I can I can you. say that our whiskey is available on 87 specs, 90 spec stores across the state. Our special reserve is available on 50. Uh, we're in Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Fort Worth, uh, Austin. I was in Austin just yesterday. We almost sold out a store. Uh, I'm going to be in Bear Creek tonight. If you want to get a, a, a signed bottle of special reserve, I'll be signing bottles at the Bear Creek specs out on the northwest side of town, way out on the northwest side of town. So, FYI, the uh, the standard, what do you call the standard? Straight whiskey. Straight whiskey. Old Humble Straight Whiskey. Is good. And Thank at $25, you. it's outstanding. How much does a bottle of the Special Reserve go for? $623.72. I'm just kidding. Uh, $30. That's max. Are you serious? Yep. It's $5 to $30. Like I know what you're about to say. more than the other one. I know what you're about to say, and it's exactly what I was going to say. This straight whiskey is really, really good. This is even better. Yes. Don't we you think? Make yes. Me blush. But the I'm married. Special Thanks, reserve. <laughs> I can't believe that your special reserve is $5 more. It's outstanding. Yeah. It's good. You it's know. big. It's round. Um, so um, I'm super happy about that. Thank you so much for coming out. And also, we're going to be a sponsor of the uh, Humble Rodeo and Cook-Off, and several tents at the Cook-Off will be featuring our whiskeys. And will you be at the Houston Whiskey Social? You know the last uh, time? I- Need to check my schedule. I'm not okay. 100% sure. I know I've, sc- I've signed up for a whole lot of stuff over the next three yeah. months. The uh, last time I went to the Humble Cook-Off and Rodeo, King's mm-hmm. X was playing. Dude, oh how great X. was that? That was, yeah, that's that's gotta 10 the 90s. years ago-ish. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it is a big little rodeo. It's it a is a fun, big, yeah, it's a big it's event. It's a fun party. Yeah. Uh, we'll be featured at the bar. We'll be at a bunch of the uh, Cook-Off booths. Uh, it is a fun little party. Yep. Wow, fun time. It is a big well, little rodeo. I love that place. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I just want to say, you're you're a really fun guest, so you have an open invitation. Anytime you want to come on, <laughs> you anytime can, you got you can pod a, new, crash. a new product, you can pod crash, you can do anything you like. Uh, please, you're always welcome. Well, you know, in a few months, I'm going to know a guy with some really good bourbon. Oh, hey, what time are you, what time are you going to be at Specs? i got a buddy who lives at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Uh, the, the 5 p.m. today? 45-something out on Highway 6, way it, out on the northwest side. 5 p.m. today? 5 p.m. today. All right, got to wrap up the show so you can actually get there. Holy crap, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a uh, wonderful week, everybody. Next week, we are going to be live. Ian, uh, I think we're all but confirmed. Do you want to say we're all but we're confirmed? We should be live doing a pipe show at Shady Acres in the Heights. Our third pipe show on now, Smoking listen, and Now, listen, if you're out I'm there excited. and about... If you're out there and about and you want to come hang out with us, there's no reason you shouldn't come hang out with us and, on a pipe show. And from what I understand... It's a bar, people. You're invited. Our first <laughs> pipe show, Ian went through the uh, the the basics of how to smoke a pipe, showed us one of his uh, amazing pipes. Goes in this hole, right? This Yes. No. The second <laughs> pipe show, Ian brought out 100 pipes <laughs> and 
special little stands for him to sit on and really showed off. I mean, it was it was an interesting thing to see. Like, you know when you have that friend that gets a really cool car mm-hmm. and they can't stop showing it off? That's kind of what Ian was like with his pipes. Mm-hmm. And on our third pipe show, he's going to bring even more of his collection because apparently he barely... Scratched the surface. I didn't bring the entire collection. Yes, wow. Yes. Do I? Are you now making me have I to bring totally the I'm entire totally, collection? I have thrown down the gauntlet. If you don't bring your entire collection, I'm bringing more of that hazy IPA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, seriously though, uh, this will be our third pipe show, and the first two have been, for whatever reason, big hits on the uh, on the program. So uh, we're looking forward to doing another one and. And it's probably going to be cool next week, and that'll be perfect. Yeah, so. I've got I've got a buddy who has one of those Gandalf pipes, and it's always fun when he oh, breaks that out. Oh yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. All right, well, thank <laughs> you, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Go buy uh, old Humble Distillings. Uh, go buy the special In a reserve because it's thirty bucks. Yeah, are you? Kidding I can't me? believe that's only thirty. Bucks. It's at specs me? all across the all across the state. Crazy. Um, I'm hoping it's the one on my way home. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Cheers, or, we, or remainder of the week, I should Damn say. It, I drink and rest of the weekend. <laughs> And, uh, well, I think there's more well, in the bottle. You bottom. can't toast with an empty glass. That's uh, bad right. luck. Right, see, one more. See, Ian, you're the reason the show runs long. I just want you to know. It's not because I keep talking. It's because your, bo- your glass is empty. It has nothing to do with it. <laughs> so i got a funny story about kayaks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Cheers, gentlemen. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> Cheers. Add another 15 minutes of the show with a story about content. <laughs> <laughs>